Hello, welcome to Shadcast. I'm your host, Shad Scott. It is August 8th, 2022, which is a Monday. Very rare that I record a pod on a Monday evening, but here we are. Today's guest is my sister, Chelsea Scott. And uh, she's been staying with me the past month doing yoga training every day, 13 to 14 hours a day. It's completely bonkers. But uh, she just finished, so we finally got to record a podcast and talk about it a little bit. Uh, But the reason I get her on uh, every year or so is because we consume a ton of podcasts, and I don't really know anyone else who has my podcast diet other than my sister. She does vary a little bit. You know, I think she listens to a little more uh, Andrew Schultz than I do. Definitely more Bobby Lee. Uh, I think she listens to Trash Tuesdays with uh, Annie Letterman and Esther and and uh, Kalila, and I don't. Uh, you know, I think we both catch Whitney Cummings on the regs, and and uh, we catch uh, Andrew Santino and and Joe Rogan and uh, Bill Burr, and when we can, that's pretty often. Uh, it's 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 actually uncanny how many podcasts we get through. It's you know. We're trying to maximize our ears here, and we have pods and, and all these cool headphones without wires these days, so we can constantly bombard our heads with uh, podcasts and, and music and news or audiobooks. It's it's a great time to uh, just ram shit in your head. And uh, anyway, we both do a uh, phenomenal job. Like It was almost like our jobs are to get through these podcasts of these comedians. I think I listen to more Yanni uh, Giannis Pappas than she does. Uh, I don't think either of us listens to as much Chrissy Chaos as we should. Uh, and I know we're forgetting some, you know, there's of course Star Talk and, and, uh, and some of the older legacy pods, you know, Adam Carolla. And anyway, it's, there's so many great podcasts out there, all these great conversations. And when we were all locked down, I was when I, you know, and feeling socially removed and isolated, uh, having folks just chatting friendly like it was a real relief to me and uh and and their podcasts are here to stay in my opinion um i feel like i know these people and and i know chelsea and i both have you know kind of make-believe relationships with all these uh, podcasters we know so much about them Uh, it's kind of a unique time for that so every now and then we got to sit down and figure out what's been going on you know, Bobby and Kalila broke up, and Joe Rogan moved to Austin, and he got all of his friends like Duncan Trussell and Tom Segura and uh, Christina Pajitsky and, um, you know, Tony Hinchcliffe, Brian Redband, and Lex Friedman. All these people in the, the Rogosphere uh, have moved down to Austin, so it's really transformed our city uh, into kind of a comedy hub, which is exciting. Uh, this weekend was a cel- actually and the weekend before in my world was a celebration of my favorite guitar player Jerry Garcia whose anniversary of his death is tomorrow uh, August 9th he passed away in 1995 and uh, luckily left behind just uncanny amounts of recordings for us to spend the rest of our lives getting through so that's cool I I really uh respect that guy's music and um I don't listen to it as much as I should, but uh, anyway, we did two two nighters, one in Houston, one in uh, 
Austin at Antone's called uh, Jerry Fest. It was our 12th annual Jerry Fest. And uh, they were packed and, and went off very well. We had a uh, JGB opening set in, in Austin. The first night was uh, Lee and, and Joe playing acoustic, uh, John Con, Jerry Garcia duo music and uh, with an upright bass. And then the next night we had a nice little group of uh, Jenna Waters, Courtney Hess, and uh, Dane uh, from Keb Mo. I can't remember his last name. Amazing organ player. And uh, and then we, they, yeah, and we got Keith Lattieri on drums and Joe and, and Lee, and, and uh, they played some electric JGB, which was really good. I think I might listen to more JGB these days than Grateful Dead, honestly. But they did a fantastic job. Those the ladies' harmonies were the best we've ever had on stage. And we also did two nights with uh, Aaron Stein. And Aaron, uh, I think I mentioned her on the last pod with Josh Pearson, but uh, she's a, a hoot to play with and, and has a big voice and, and blends with our voices very well and just has the best vibes. She brings a lot of sunshine to the stage. And uh, it's it's been fun playing with her as well. So, yeah, you know, it was, it was a big weekend, like 750 tickets sold or something like that. And... Uh, you know, the weekend before was probably like five, six hundred. So it was a very successful weekend for Deadeye. Uh, we're going to be playing Paper Tiger in San Antonio, which is a, a new venue for us uh, at the end of the month. That'll be uh, Friday, August 26th. So if you're in San Antonio or you are you don't mind driving an hour and a half, come see us down at the Paper Tiger. That's a really cool group of folks. I believe they're related to the Little Death Wine Bar, which is the, one of the hippest wine bars in, in Texas. So anyway, it's, it's nice to get in with those guys. And we're excited to play San Antonio again in a new place. We, we, we usually just do uh, Sam's Burger Joint and Music Hall. But uh, we're spreading our wings and trying new pastures. Um, yeah, I don't know if this pod is going to be interesting to anyone that doesn't listen to podcasts and doesn't isn't familiar with Podcastville, you know, if you don't know who Theo Vaughn is or you don't know what your mom's house is, uh, you might not, I don't know, this pod might be a little too esoteric and over, over your head uh, or below your interest radar, whatever you want to say. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who this pod's for. You got to be all over the map like my sister and I. Anyway, uh, she's moving in Houston. Uh, she's got a, a new place, uh, so I'm excited for her. Um, she's also working on a giant Buddha statue in my backyard. It's been going on for two two plus years. That's been a fun project to watch take shape. She's an amazing artist, great podcaster, and a great friend, great sister. Hope you enjoy episode 82. Let's go. <laughs>
All right. Uh, Chelsea, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. La, la, la. <sighs> You're the only one I can talk to about all these podcasts I listen to. And uh, and you get it. You're you're right up there with all of them. Uh, I think we have slightly different. You know, you think you bulldog proof a place and you just don't. Like, There's never enough blankets. Yeah, if I lay down a towel, he'll tiptoe around the towel. <laughs> Even though it might make him slip and fall, uh, he'll still just do the worst thing. He exists to be noticed. Yeah. Isn't it going to be, is this podcast going to be weird without Belle? Yeah. I mean, she's such a, a noise on this podcast. And, uh, you know, Bubbles is trying his best with the tapping and the panting, but... uh. I, I think Belle's going to be, she's going to be missed, man. All the the, snortle, the snoring and the chortling in the background, that, that purr. Wicka, 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 wicka. Yeah, we had to put Belle down. It's, it was sad. I feel like this is the second, like, memorial podcast I've done with you. I'm glad you're here to experience it. It's the saddest thing to lose a pet. Yeah. Especially a dog. And, of course, your doggy soulmate made all of the weirdest noises. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, That sound she made when she was, like, investigating, it sounded like cleaning a window. Yeah, just, like, putting the finishing touches on a window. Every night when you go to sleep, she goes out to her night gigs a DJ. Yeah. She, <laughs> she goes out and she's like, buka, 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 buka. and then she comes back and snores so hard. That's why she's so sleepy all day. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, also was a snuggle bug. Yeah. Which uh, Bubbles is not. And like mostly with you, which just makes you love it more. It was only, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She was like the one creature that in my life that lived to snuggle with me. And uh, so, of course, it's my favorite creature. <laughs> the pictures of you swaddling her through the ice storm were the most precious things in the world. It's yeah. freezing cold. You're in your Lexus with your little bulldog that looks mm -hmm. like a gremlin and makes crazy noises listening to classical music, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, classical <laughs> and krung ben, a lot of krung ben, of Calm. course. That was during my krung ben phase. <laughs> or it's hard to listen to anything else. I yeah, the no, first and year. Bubbles, too. I, I had both of them in the car, and they were just like, what are we doing in the car in the garage? This is odd. Yeah. Uh, but then they get in the house, and they're like, why is this house so cold? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that we had that meltdown of our system, like the electricity and the water and everything. And it doesn't seem like anyone got in trouble, and it doesn't seem like it got fixed. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. It's crazy. I don't understand why people aren't talking about this. Yeah. Is no it one else nervous? It seems like kind of a big deal. Yeah. Is no one else nervous? Our grid's going to shut down? And we all learned that we're uh, cut off from the rest of the country. Yeah. I honestly, like, I didn't really know that before that happened. That was a good educational opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Twitter was just like, well, Texas, uh, looks like... <laughs> you didn't want to be a part of the group and now you need the group and we're like well you had an opportunity that lack of government regulations is sure turned around to bite us in the yeah uh, something about independence and how you're going to secede and how you're better than everybody else well look at you now you're frozen 
stiff. Don't imp- don't tread on my power grid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we deserve all the ridicule we get because uh, <laughs> no one thumps their chest more than Texans. And, um, you know, we have some redeeming qualities, but we also have some, you know, embarrassing governing bodies and, you know, the- theocratic fascist uh, leaders and it's it's uh, and, and cowards you know, like Ted Cruz, you know, and. Yeah, I literally saw a bumper sticker yesterday that said, hey, at least I'm not Ted Cruz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The bar is so low. Yeah, at least I'm not Ted Cruz. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, how about Alex Jones? Has to pay $50 million to the Sandy Hook. It warms my bosoms. I mean, nothing made me matter. And and I'm the one who t- told you about Alex before anyone knew about Alex. And, I've uh, listened to so many hours of Alex Jones. Yeah, and it's now a cancelable offense to listen to Alex Jones. But he jumped the shark. I mean, let's just acknowledge that uh, at some point. And for me, it was when he said the IRS plane that flew into that building was a uh, inside job or like a you know <clears throat> black op or whatever. Yeah, it, it, everything's a conspiracy. I was just like. Oh, you just ram all the news through the same filter. And and uh, I just don't buy it, you know? Well, I think you're just selling when, these products. When he went on Rogan and they were, like, fact-checking all the crazy things that he said, like, he actually does somehow compile the world's craziest facts into the most outlandish outcomes. Exactly. Yeah, he, he takes <laughs> real data and just spins it into just fairy tale nonsense. And I don't even know, like, I don't understand. And and the problem I have is it's entertaining. Yeah. How does he talk for so many hours every day? Yeah. He's an entertaining guy. He's funny. He's wild. He does voices. uh, And he's so energetic for four hours a day. And, uh, you know, when he was just mad at the military industrial complex and and, uh, and governments and communist governments and... uh, the deep state or whatever that that was fine i was that was an enemy i was and you know he predicted 9-11 and just like the grassroots effort of like going out to street corners with a megaphone like respect yeah i mean he's a he's not a armchair activist he actually goes out and tries to you know he do what he thinks is is right he's He's, just crazy he's he's a clown now we learned on rogan that that the dude was like picked up and smashed on his head. Like he's obviously been a pill his whole life and has been rubbing people the wrong way and has got his ass whooped uh, in high school and 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 has major brain damage. And 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 he even said on Rogan, you know, look, I'm kind of retarded. Yeah, he you did. remember that? <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> look, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty popular gif. You can look it yeah, up. Yeah, that gif's been resurfacing a lot look, lately. I'm kind of retarded. Yeah, I mean. But the thing is, is like, yeah, he's kind of retarded, but he's also dangerous because yeah. his his followers are heavily armed and uh, distrustful and paranoid and and uh, violent. People all want to believe in their own little apocalypse. For some reason, it's exciting. Like they look at it as like something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to build this bunker. Fill it with well, cans. Well, I think the preppers had a big, uh, I told you so, uh, during lockdown, but I don't know if that might well, be their fair. one moment, you know, their one moment in the sun where they were like, ha. But who knows? Maybe they'll uh, end up being the smartest people. You know, I think in popular culture, you you, you watch Resident Evil and, and Walking Dead and 28 Days Later and I Am Legend and, 
and uh, contagion. And you're like, you know, we have a fetish with, and, and also in the AI world, not just the disease and the virus world, but, uh, you know, we have a fetish with the end of times because we all think, I th- in the back of my mind, it seems like humans have already been rebooted once. At least once. At least once, yeah, where it's like we just fucked up royally, you know, and then and, and, and we were doomed, or an asteroid, or whatever it was. Well, Akash was saying last night that there was, like, so many offshoots of humans that, like, died out in the start, right? Like, there's just so many. We're yeah, the like one 40, that, right? So many. Did say 40 species? Something like that. Of human, of, of homo sapien? Yeah, we're not, we're not engineered to succeed. We just have... I don't know. It's romanticized. I wonder. Yeah, Akash was blowing my mind last night at uh, at Jeffrey's. Um, you know, he lo- he loves talking about ancient si- for whatever reason. He's obsessed with like 2000 BC to like you know 1000 AD. Like he just the, all that time is his favorite place to explore. <clears throat> he's well read, so I take him out to. You know, I like to go to nice restaurants, and, and he's one of my few friends that has any money, has a job, and uh, <laughs> all my friends are, are broke and jobless or gig gig life people, you know. God bless them. Uh, best people ever. But I'm just saying, you know, for whatever reason, I only have one friend that likes to go waste money on, at restaurants like me. And uh, and Jeffrey's is a great place to drop some coin. You know, Sundays at Jeffrey's are half-price wine night. That was delightful. And they have a very deep wine list. I mean, that, that list was insane. That sparkling rosé to start was everything. Yeah, we uh, we drank Benoit Marguet Shaman Rosé. And uh, it's biodynamic. And uh, it's grown by a Buddhist French guy in a village called Ambonnet. And it's a really good champagne. Uh, and then we had uh, Dutrave. I believe that was it. Dutrave... Uh, Cote de Bruy, Morgon, or not, not Morgon, uh, Cru Beaujolais. So Cote de Bruy, Cru Beaujolais, 100% Gamay, delicious. We had some steaks, we had some salads, the best salad I've had all year, and I've had some killer salads. I got to say, what is that lettuce, baby gem? Uh, little little gem, little gem, yeah, little gem lettuce with the perfect Caesar dressing. But I've had some great salads. I pecan square cafe, Sammy's, um, red ash. You know, they had a great Caesar with Little Jim, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Jeffrey's. So anyway, I took the week off and have been fine dining for, you know, because I realized, like, what money I would usually spend to travel and, uh, you know, get hotels and whatever. I was like, I'm just going to dump that into my local economy and go to places that I love that that are like a, you know, a nice night out. That's why you live in Austin. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to leave. No, I went to Pflugerville. I went to Lockhart. Like I went to places <laughs> outside to get in the water and yeah. be in nature and stuff. And uh, yeah, I went to Typhoon, Texas, uh, which is a great <laughs> water park. Uh, aforementioned, Akash Giri and I uh, went on Tuesday to uh, ride the slides. And there were some slides of, uh, of note. <laughs> that I'd like to recall. There's one that you see from the highway, and it's got like three big humps, and uh, it's very steep, and you have to walk up like ten stories to get to the top of it, and you go face first. Why face first? Mat. That's terrifying. I know I, exactly. Well, just so you're like, 
<laughs> I don't know. You, you really feel like you're going to fly off the thing. Do you get any air on the humps? That's I I think if you're like probably 300 pounds, you might catch some air because yeah. gravity is just making you haul ass. <laughs> but I was right on the edge of catching air. <laughs> but like when you're three stories up, four stories up, you know, it's a, that would be a devastating fall onto concrete. Yeah, what if somebody just did something so spastic and just flips over? Right, yeah. If someone flips around like a fish, they could fall off this thing. Anyway, so that was part of the the fun, the danger. Yeah, I could die. And then there was one that was kind (laughs) of like, I I bet you remember the skyscraper at uh, Six Flags Houston. But you were like. The shaft that you like drop down? Yeah, it's like an elevator that fails. You know, like everyone's nightmare, you're like 10 stories up and the elevator just falls at, you know, luckily it, you know, catches and rolls out smoothly. But uh, the first few seconds of it are terrifying because your your guts are up in your throat. It's hard for me to visualize that with water. Like, how does it catch you and like sweep you away? Just it's just a tube. Oh, they're all tubes, just like at Schlitterbahn. They have the soda straws. So you're never, like, free-falling. But at the soda straws, I would get beat up. Like, I was being thrown around those things. Schlitterbahn but, uh, was kind of an abusive place. <laughs> well, the thing really I love fun. is, like, you're in river water. Yeah. In New Braunfels. It's in New Braunfels, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're in river water. So there could be a snake or a turtle or a fish or whatever just swimming right next to you. I mean, oh. that's just all Guadalupe River. Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of the, the, the rides would dump out. There was a couple. Where what that, a confused fish that goes through a soda straw. Well, I mean, they're just so used to <laughs> folks being dumped into that river in tubes. Uh, <laughs> but the cool thing about Schlitterbahn is you can drink. Mm-hmm. Lazy so, like, river. The lazy river, and you get a margarita, and you're the happiest kid in the world, uh, in my opinion. And then at here, you had to get out, drink a marg, and then get back in. But oh. they did have premium, like, fancy margaritas like they had like Patron and uh, a few other nice tequilas that they could make uh, margs with honestly I guess it's kind of hazardous to have people drinking literally in the water you want to kind of have a little check in like let's well make when sure it's you river water, water you're inviting chaos like yeah. you're just like oh nature is <laughs> in control here <laughs> which is wild I mean literally so anyway, then the, they had the wave pool, which is so fun. Every 10 minutes, it just starts these huge waves. And I was noticing these uh, right by the bar. Uh, there was a spot where the waves kind of meet, and they would just smack anybody that was sitting there. And for whatever <laughs> reason, kids like just lining up right for this smack <laughs> where these two waves meet and just <laughs> pop. And, uh, and they were getting smacked around, but they seemed to love it. It was like these masochistic kids. I don't know. It seems like teenage boys are just kind of into stuff like that. No, they weren't teenage, though. That's what I'm saying. They were like 12, 11. Yeah, they're kids. Preteens. These are preteens. A little. But uh, girls, too. They would just yeah. sit there and just get punished by this wave. It was like an exceptionally harsh spot in the hole. Because most of the wave pool is, you know. But I did see this kid almost drown, like uh, just like meh, like flailing around, like you know, like you drop a bulldog into a pool or something. Can you imagine being a lifeguard in a place like that? You just have to be on high alert all the time. High alert, well, the wave pool especially because uh, you know you kind of have to count everybody in the you know keep a running tally. 
yeah how do you keep track of people going up and down yeah luckily it's you know it's very measured you know like the waves are very predictable and because uh, it's not nature it's just this probably giant paddle pushing water around <laughs> which is why there's an apex yeah where the kids are well, stuffing their faces yeah there's i think there's multiple <laughs> spots where you probably get popped by waves coming together or whatever uh but i just realized i don't spend enough time in in uh water parks and you know i got a lot of a lot of sideways looks like oh yeah a couple 40 you know middle-aged men at a water park it's kind of sketchy like we're going to disney world or something i was like no i don't think so no, what a wholesome thing to do with your day. It's a wholesome thing. Yeah. That's exactly. Good, clean, fun. I went to our childhood roller rink for 90s night one night. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love roller skating. It's really cool. It's uh, it's good for your legs, too. It's a good leg workout. And just strapping on those old school Derry Ashford rink roller skates, they haven't changed a bit. It was so nostalgic. Yeah. I spent uh, many nights there. I could, like, taste the bluebell off the wooden spoon they'd oh, give us yeah. at parties. Those little, like... <laughs> Single-serving single bluebells. Single-serve homemade vanilla bluebells. Always had the little wooden paddle on top. It I made hate, it taste the, I a hate little, the wooden paddle. Yeah. It tasted like wooden paddle. You could, yeah, it you tasted, could taste yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, it just tastes like pencils or something, you know? It's just terrible. Like pencil shaving. Yeah. I was like, I'm not using this wooden paddle. I'll, I'll just eat it out of the... Carton. It's it like out. malleable enough. You just kind of squeeze it in. Yeah, you just warm it up in your hand and just squeeze it <laughs> Anything in. Anything can be a taco if you're determined enough. Yeah, you just <laughs> pop it in there, you know. Like, you remember those push-ups? Oh, yeah. yeah it's kind of like that. That's just... another thing that puts an instant taste in my mouth. Those Flintstones, uh, like the orange ones, those like creamy orange Flintstones the, like push-ups. Creamsicle. They're creamsicles, basically. Yeah. But yeah, the push-up and the creamsicle did have... Dude. A baby there with that product. And, Tastes uh, like summer. You know, they keep. I keep reading about the end of Choco Taco. Was this a thing in our life? I, I remember Klondike bars. I don't remember Choco Taco. I've definitely had one. Yeah. Uh, it was something that was probably an ice cream truck. Okay, I couldn't tell if like Klondike was gaslighting me into th- forgetting an iconic dessert. But it seems like they just do this to like remind you that forgotten desserts are out there. Like, didn't they <laughs> yeah, cancel it's Twinkies? A, it's a, it's a scam. <laughs> there definitely are still Twinkies. Yeah, I saw a Twinkie wrapper the other day. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even looking for them, like Woody Harrelson in Zombieland. Do you see that the second Zombieland? I did, but I'm having trouble it was remembering so it. So funny. I laughed my ass off. Oh my god. I love how they call everybody by the city they're from. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be Houston, I'd be Austin, you know, in the post. Was the girl from uh, Little Miss Sunshine in the second one, too? Uh, Was she Tallahassee? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you leave the long, sandy blonde hair. Yeah. Shot Bill Murray, I think. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's like, oh. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> a video surfaced of Bill Murray the other day, like singing Irish bar songs in some tiny town in Ireland. Like I love how oh, Bill wow. Murray is just like traveling the world, being Bill Murray. I feel like he and Dave Chappelle just love popping in on unsuspecting populations and doing their thing, you know, and just uh, not really talking about it on social media at all. Mm. You know, no social media presence from either of those guys. 
but still playing to a sold-out room, technically, because yeah. everyone's so stoked to see Bill Murray. Yeah, and Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I mean, they both have just, like, this Batman <laughs> of entertainment. <laughs> I wish there was more on YouTube of Chappelle when he just, like, pops into pops into venues. But that's the thing. He doesn't let anyone do that. So frustrating. Yeah. Those are his best bits. He's got like guys the bits to he puts sure. out are I'm sure so he has self-righteous. A team to make sure no one's filming him yeah. and putting shit out. Yeah. Like that's I know true. Rogan travels with uh, a cadre of like Navy SEAL type dudes. Yeah, people mention that all the time on the podcast. <laughs> like all yeah, the like Navy these SEAL guys. guys. Out of here. <laughs> these guys are intense. <laughs> hey, will you hand me that green can? Light green? Are they both green? No, one's blue. Austin Beer Works. Pearl Snap. So uh, we just got finished with Jerry Fest, uh, the 12th annual celebration of Jerry Garcia, our favorite guitar player. Am I? Is it safe to say he's our favorite guitar player? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe you could say something about what, why you like Jerry. Why I like Jerry? Why do you like Jerry? Because I was raised on the Muppets, and he's like the Muppet <laughs> of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Muppet of like soulful music, like, like such genuine. His prolificness begets greatness. Like he was just constantly destroying himself and creating amazing art. Yeah, which is tragic, but. The best art comes from these things for some reason. Yeah. A lot of our favorite musicians are self-destructive. Mm-hmm. You know, especially that 27 Club. Yeah. Pink like Penn and Janice and Jimmy and Jim Morrison and all those cats, you know, Kurt Cobain. The <coughs> type of constitution it takes to tour and make music as prolifically as they all do, like, you're just going to burn out. Like, there's no way. Yeah, it must be weird to leave your hotel room and there's some guy with your face tattooed on his back. Terrifying. Like, what? You know, Terrifying. what's going on here? It's so creepy. <laughs> like, this is so creepy. That dude, my face is tattooed on that man's back. And that's uh, absolutely something all those people face that we just mentioned. Uh, maybe not Janice and Pickpit, but maybe. Yeah, I don't remember which documentary it was, but they were talking about Jerry's kids and how they were so warned to like stay away from deadheads. Oh, like, really? Don't go, don't go near them. Wow. Like if they came to a show, they had to like stay in a certain area. Well, uh, deadheads are, you know, it's weird. It's a kind of, uh, it's almost like a cult. Yeah, everybody truly just wants a cult. Yeah, like I can see him from a mile away as someone who's attracted these people. Uh, yeah, you know, even they going all have to tie dyes and like cargo shorts and Birkenstocks and you know baseball hats and uh, goatees or whatever is like I, I know exactly they're coming to our show. Mm-hmm. And it's a, <laughs> it's a consistent community. It's a consistent community. Yeah, and they uh, they seem to love nitrous and LSD and pot and uh, booze and, and having a good time and especially having a good time. Yeah, a lot of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSD is is. Uh, is a big part of that, the foundation of that band. And, like, you know, Owsley Stanley, I was talking about this with Josh Pierce on the last episode that uh, Owsley Stanley put out more acid than anybody, maybe in the history of the world. And uh, he was the dead sound man and financier and, uh, you know, instrumental in recording them and miking them right and getting the sound just dialed in exactly perfect. And, um, 
You well, they're like first ever gigs were at like acid get togethers, weren't they? <laughs> get together, acid tests, tests they're called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you like to come to my acid get together? It's an afternoon soiree with LSD. Would you come to my LSD jubilee? <laughs> jubilee. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. The acid tests. I think were Ken Kesey and the uh, Merry Pranksters, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, you know kind of the San Francisco you know LSD community getting together and, and the dead were the house band and uh, you know the dead were all about acid I mean they ate tons of acid yeah in fact I think 72 I was listening to these podcasts about the dead the Grateful Dead cast the podcast about the dead if you're interested in that band uh, it was just saying that in 1972 they started really dividing the crew between the coke guys and the acid guys and the acid guys were the old guys. And the Coke guys were kind of the new school and the new mm-hmm. direction that was more aggro, you know, and more aggressive. And uh, I mean, I'm sorry, those are the same thing. But more intense and more uh, hyped up, hopped up and, and more uh, probably a bigger uh, liability to the band. And that's when uh, Owsley Stanley left the group. I think Robert Hunter was also like, you know what? I'm going to do this remote. I'm working remotely from now on. You people are crazy. Yeah, that's terrifying. Like a whole crew of coked up people. Yeah. (laughs) That's so scary. Yeah. Especially if you're on acid. That's so intimidating. I just feel like in rock and roll, like these people, they do. Pot is just a constant. Pot and alcohol are constants. But coke is to get excited and amped up and then and a party. And then heroin is for going to bed you know winding down and they typically have like probably a heroin buddy i would imagine or they're yeah, just totally alone do it that's true everyone i've known that's overdosed was alone yeah it seems like three people tops are yeah. gonna be like doing heroin together i just i don't know anything about that culture but I, i've read about jerry enough to like kind of i remember there was this one uh section that comes up in his books where the band is doing a intervention and they're like you got to decide jerry is it us or heroin and he like slams the door on him heroin yeah so you know i mean there it's tough like when you hear these angelic you know saintly reports and 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 uh and flowery praise of garcia when you know he's such a, a dick like that you know well you can't be that obsessed with one thing and not be obsessive about other things I guess I, it just seems like uh, like he didn't embrace his community that loves him so much, you know, which is a bummer to hear. Well, he probably felt that way when he was playing, and then after he's like, "I just need people to leave me alone." Like, I need people to leave me alone so hard. I'm yeah. gonna take heroin and just shut the world off. Yeah, and I think people like that just you know they uh, when you do that many drugs, you need that many drugs to feel anything. Just to the the average range of uh, human expression, you know, it's like once you start manipulating mani- manipulating the daily circadian rhythm, right? You with uh, substances, then you're gonna rely on those substances to feel the things, the ups and downs that I think normal people feel this in a day day to day basis. You know, it's, now I'm mad, now I'm happy, now I'm excited, now I'm sleepy. Whatever, like, you know, these <laughs> I have cycles. a pill for that. Yeah, like, it, it, it's all on a, you know, because their lives are weird or whatever, you know. They, they'll be 
break him down at 4 a.m. or whatever, you know, you never know. They'll be traveling from one place to another. It'll be a thunderstorm, whatever. I mean, there's so much can go wrong. And you're so dependent. Your body's going to freak out yeah, when you're you cut gotta, off from the source. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, you become dependent, and that's a problem. Uh, so anyway, I really respect uh, – I think more and more musicians are, are clean and sober, and, and they're not making mistakes at shows, and they're not running trains on women in the back uh, stage area, and, you know, they're not uh, – debaucherous vikings you know i think it's helpful that we're a culture that like sees ourselves back so much like they never saw videos of themselves at the party last night like being a jerk or right. like or just throwing being the tv otherwise embarrassing. into the pool out yeah. of the hotel room. 10 people have that on their cell phone now yeah. and you will see it on it's repeat true. you have just more self-awareness and i think people are too embarrassed to get like that over the edge messed up yeah maybe or they know to uh, surround themselves with people who don't post a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like people who aren't always holding their cell phone. Yeah, if Dave Chappelle can clear a room, pretty much anyone can. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Like, I don't see a bunch of candid pictures and photos of Ch- Chappelle and Rogan and these billionaire, or, you know, millionaire uh, c- comics that everyone's talking about all the time. Yeah, I uh, never Elon. see the Navy SEALs either, which means they're clearly doing their jobs well. <laughs> yeah, bravo. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to talk about Navy SEALs and their buds training as being the only thing harder than the training you just went through. <laughs> I mean, you got to tell my listeners what you just went through. You just did like thir- 12 to 13 hours a day of yoga, hot yoga. Well, it wasn't yoga all day, but we were basically gone for like 14 hours a day. Um, with like one or two hour breaks here and there. And we did two 90 minute classes every day. And every now and then we did something like an Iyengar class or like we did like a posture workshop. So it was like an extra hot class. Um, Iyengar is like a handstand guy. I did a handstand. Nice. Yeah. It was fun. That's tough. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was, I had assistance. Yeah. 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 Someone was helping you. But I learned for the first time because I do the same sequence every time. Um, the Bikram sequence. The Bikram sequence. Like, I'm not super into yoga, quote unquote, but I do enjoy this particular form of exercise. But now I've done it. I did a month of one class a day on my own and then two classes a day for a month. And honestly, like, I was so glad to not take yoga today. Yeah. <laughs> you got to take it tomorrow. Yeah, I yeah. do. I have one last class tomorrow taught by one of my classmates. And then... um and then I'll get back to just doing it once a day like a normal person. Yeah. Like but a it normal was, person. It was the well, most exhausting thing. I think I've normal never people slept. don't do any yoga, to well, be honest. Some form of exercise. Well, more and more people do some form of exercise. Yoga is quasi-popular. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I wouldn't say normal people do it, but the people who do yoga on the regs, one class a day is plenty. Yeah, two five is so extreme. Five classes is really like, five a week is really ideal, I think. Four or five. Yeah, so they're <laughs> trying to like model this training program after an absolute madman uh, who felt like you have to like emotionally break everyone. Like you just make them so tired they can't even think. Hmm. Uh, confrontational yoga? Confrontational yoga. I first heard it as, this yoga is so confrontational. And I was like... That's interesting. And then I heard the actual term confrontational yoga while I was just kind of like walking by someone. And I was like, what is this confrontational yoga? Is this an after hours 
after hours yoga class. Is it combat yoga? Combat yoga. <laughs> they actually do there some martial the... arts there too. Uh, there was like large like sticks about. <laughs> yoga meets Muay Thai. At any time, you can't kick your neighbor in. <laughs> Pull a round ass kick. No, it's it's such a weird like they're just a competitive community. Like I didn't realize people go to yoga competitions. Like I've been doing this yoga for fifteen years and I've yeah. never heard anything about it. It's and the dumbest shit I've ever heard. All yoga of these people, have, it's an oxymoron. Like it seems to defeat the point. That's like a spiritual competition. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So their classrooms just have like kind of this competitive vibe about them. Like it's just it's a very different culture than what I'm used to. And I was in it for 14 hours a day for a solid month. Um, I don't know if I've ever gone so long without like taking a day off from something. And it was super tough. But I did it and I'm very strong now. Well, I mean, the reason I was outraged by your schedule is like perfect example you're you got a nail in your tire yeah and you had to miss the next day because over the overnight your tire went flat and and you you got to be there first thing in the morning like crack of dawn yeah and no one's open like no. there's no time between when you got out and when you went in that anyone would could have helped you with your tire yeah i've been busy and you had no from... days off to like no. f- just make sure your life's on track no, I know. I like. It was like naked and afraid. <laughs> I was like begging for quarters at the gas station like a crazy person. Like, I only have an hour. I have to get back to yoga camp. <laughs> Help me get air in my tire. This machine only takes quarters. Yeah, you what are quarters? Some, some janky like uh, fountain drink deal. Yeah, that was the first time. I'm going to charge you for this drink, but I'm drinking um, a drink. Yeah, I'm like, keeping whatever. It. Give me the quarters. <laughs> I just need $2 Give in me quarters. The quarters. That's like an obscene amount of quarters. Who has that? No one has that. No one has that. Had a decoy card reader, but it didn't work. Uh, However, it did have like an automatic shutoff when it reached the preset PCI, which is a feature I've never seen before on a gas station air pump. The PSI? What did I say? PCI. PCI. Yeah, PSI. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I wish that was more of a prominently featured thing on, uh, on tires, you know? Like what the perfect PSI is. Just give it to me. Yeah, well it's Make on it the big. tire. Yeah, it's, but yeah. it's it's a little tough to see. It is. And there's like some other numbers on there that are a little distracting. The first time I had to change a tire, I tried to fill it up first and I was like, What do these numbers mean? Yeah. It's a little confusing. You gotta watch some YouTubes or something. Yeah, and when you use the little pop out to read the gauge instead of an electric one, um who Air can meters read that? are always broken. They're uh, never I'm right. So frustrating when you need to air up your tires it's like two out of three gas stations don't maintain those and you go up and and either credit card doesn't work or the pump's missing or whatever it it says out of order the lady inside this gas station was like we don't actually own that like someone comes around and like sets them up at gas stations and like independently owns it it's kind of like a vending machine so if you put money in and it doesn't give you the air and you have a problem like you can't complain to the gas station oh, people wow. you have to like call the number on the machine I had no idea yeah i learned so much That's by not so having time to God, take my car drives in me crazy <laughs> this makes me so angry i can spit yeah these are like my only breaks during the day are spent like haggling with the lady at the gas station i know you a little bit of time you're allotted you can barely even eat and you have to you had to do like three classes a day at some point there was there's only like three days we did three classes a day, That's but crazy. it was ridiculous. 
It was crazy. It was so ridiculous. Like three yoga classes. Three yoga classes a a year to me would be great. Great job. I'd be patting myself on the back. Three in a day is 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 just uh, beyond the pale. It's unnecessary, especially in that much heat. And it's like also 105 degrees outside. Like there's, I've had no break from the heat. Yeah, Austin has had no break. It's been like uh, 60, 100 plus days this year. You saw some rain today, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit? Devil's rain. What does that mean? Just when it like sprinkles and teases you? No, it's raining while it's sunny. Oh, I didn't know there was a term for that. Yeah, I heard it once. I don't know if it's true, but I like it. <laughs> I accept it as truth and will I, repeat it. <laughs> I always grumble to myself, devil's rain. <laughs> Every time I see a, you know, like I'm some grizzly old uh, prospector, <laughs> coal miner. Say it like Antonio Banderas. No, I'm, I'm more like uh, Tombstone, like uh, <laughs> Devil's Rain. Tombstone was the best movie. Why is it never streamable? I don't know. It's too I've good. Never it was actually it. on Netflix for quite a while. Was it? I yeah. didn't notice. Actually, yeah, Western is such Netflix. a vibe. <laughs> it's funny back in those days, like there was so little to do. You know, there's a lot of murder and rape, and you know, there's so so few functions out there. You know, <clears throat> could go out in the wild and deal with nature and indians and you could uh go to the cat house you could uh, go get drunk at the bar you could gamble and there was still bands like a lot of bands so that's kind of fun uh, really like if you see well i mean i'm just basing this on like actual western movies but every time you're in a saloon like there's live music well there's like a piano well that's fair it's just a piano typically sometimes a singing lady maybe a singer yeah, but that's about it. I mean, when you say bands, it's not like drum sets were going on back then. I'm, instruments are hard to make, I bet, when you I live in the Wild West. I think you're just thinking of ZZ Top in uh, Back to the Future that's 3. That's the literal song playing yeah. in my head right now. Yeah, I know that too. Yeah, I love that you've seen exactly every movie I've seen in this life. Oh, well, it was so funny when we realized this week that uh, uh, the VHSs we were given as kids were all Industrial Light and Magic or one of the major uh, illustrators, like uh, Rankin Bass and Don Bluth and Disney and uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and Don... Did I say Don Bluth already? Mm-hmm. Okay. You did. Uh or like you know anything animated like what was that the, the, the chipmunks great adventure or whatever I love that movie so <laughs> water much. babies uh, I don't remember that one that was a weird one it wasn't very good there was like a sword and uh, the the cauldron uh, oh black, black, cauldron. black cauldron why haven't more people seen that movie no one talks about that amazing yeah. Uh, what was my, uh, Mouse and His Child. I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast, but uh, it's funny watching the Industrial Light and Magic documentary that just came out. They were involved in most of our favorite movies. It's a modern art movement in a way I never looked at it before until I saw that documentary. It's a big deal. It's the Those most creative are... thing. Like, These guys are amazing. The limitations of film at the time and the things they got away with. It's amazing. Yeah, like the fact that they built these big plastic. <laughs> I love the introduction of uh, uh, super glue on the show. They're like, "This is called super glue," and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> you know, they're so jazzed." 
It's just funny that like a big group of the hippies like that can get so excited about an an adhesive. (laughs) But uh, anyway, yeah, they're responsible for like all of our favorite movies and in and even some deep cuts from the VHS collection like Dragon Slayer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you watched that. I was like aware of it. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Absolutely. That was a terrifying uh, all movie. All the Indiana Jones movies, like the Melting Nazis, which we all love, and the ghosts that yeah. are surrounding them. And the snakes. Which, which they're, like, running through water. Like, it's just some, like, uh, fabric through water that they're shining lights on to get the ghosty-ness. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. It was, like, some sort of, uh, yeah, fabric or chemical that they would run through the water, and it would create this kind of ghostly trail. Okay, non sequitur, but somebody told me this week that you can close wounds with spider webs. Is that not the craziest thing? (laughs) I mean, that's wild. I mean, maybe if you're Spider Man. (laughs) This, like, older Mexican guy, he's like, my mom, I cut a cut on my head, and she just grabbed. First, like, where do you grab a spider web? <laughs> she closed up the wound on my head. Uh, but honestly, she grabbed a needle and a spider and got to work. Every time I've tried like a Mexican home remedy, like it's always worked. Like onions on bug bites, like you don't smell very nice, but it pulls the itch out immediately. Well, it's if you amazing. like onions, you probably smell great. <laughs> uh, oh, to Caesar dressing. Yeah, no, but I mean, they did. Uh, what, they did Gremlins and like Ghostbusters and and uh, and and uh, Star Trek and Star Wars and all the you know they were like uh, Industrial Light and Magic was like Lucas's production company. He kind of created so much. I had no idea Lucas was so responsible uh, for innovation in the in movies, but um, Spielberg knew and he, he was like adjacent, you know, yeah. to, to Star Wars and all that doing. You know, and James Cameron doing uh, Avatar and the Abyss and all that, you know, and an alien. The Abyss keeps coming up lately. Aliens, Ridley yeah. Scott, all these yeah. people were like, "I need this team to make spaceships and and uh, and creatures and and uh, you know all these special effects." He assembled a magical team. The fact that they were willing to put in the hours that they put in, like they were probably putting in like yoga death camp hours, yeah. like day in and day out. And they they seem to love it. Yeah. And they seem to like really like put more effort into the craft of it. But they had to like build cameras back then. There just wasn't these little like GoPro type cameras that you can just fit anywhere. Like they had to build these wonky looking cameras. It was and, rogue. And like uh, tracks to move them slowly. Yeah. Over these models that were made of plastic and, and you know, glue and tape. Oh, A dude. lot of tape. That's why they're so excited about super glue. Yeah. They had so much tape. <laughs> when you're they're building any kind of shit. like model thing, like the way you hold it together is always the biggest headache. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure super glue. I've never like. done any of that, so it's all magic to me. But it's cool they're called industrial lights and magic, you know. I know. Uh, they even have an amazing name. Yeah, it is an amazing name. The fact that they just went with magic. They're like, we know we're we're magical. Uh, yeah, we're like basically warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're doing the new Star Trek stuff because the new the reboot of Star Trek is great. I mean, I've I've really dug the cast and the the look and 
it's a little intense. I mean, it's very different than the sleepy, uh, you know, next generation episodes where nothing happens and, and, and the original series. The guy that plays Spock, I'm really fond of. He What's was his in name? Um, American Horror Story too. I don't know. I should know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him. I've seen him in so many yeah. things. I'm like, I love that guy, and I oh, probably googled new Spock. him. <laughs> He's new Spock. Uh, he yeah. did the whole con. So it's crazy to think that uh, you know all those movies that we had growing up. Industrial Light and Magic was a huge part of most of them. The ETs, the, uh, you know, the Close Encounters, all that. And I feel like we grew up with a healthy appro- appreciation for rogue artists. Yeah, for sure. Without really Ren knowing where it came from. Yeah, yeah, we were early adopters on Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> The Simpsons, South Park, all that. Like we were, uh, y- you picked up on South Park before I did, but I quickly once I said once I got past how annoying their voices uh, were, I was Cartman. like, yeah, especially Cartman. Uh, then I could finally like. I had in. to have the same reckoning. One of my friends watched it all the time and like wouldn't shut up about like or just like quoting it all the time. And I'm yeah. like, fine, let me watch this so I can at least like understand <laughs> what language you're speaking to me right now. Yeah. And Cartman was just too annoying. But so once annoying. I got past and it evil. and listened, oh, he's. <laughs> Pure evil. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's a bad kid. It's kind of the same like cringe feeling you get when you watch The Office and Michael Scott does something yeah. terrible. Like it just it seriously makes you yeah, uncomfortable. Except, yeah, they're very different characters. But uh, I was watching this last one where uh, Cartman, his mom, you know, she can't afford the house anymore. The prices are going up since all these people are moving in. You know, uh, something Austinites are certainly feeling right now and. Uh, Anyway, she has to get a job as a real estate agent, and and he doesn't like that because he's used to being the center of the her world. Purpose. The only reason she that <laughs> she exists is to take care of his every uh, whim, and uh, so he becomes a, a, a real estate agent and just starts like selling against her and selling like his friends' houses. Like he'll just show. <laughs> A house while his friend's whole family's there <laughs> watching TV. He's like, I understand how real estate works. You pick a house, you show it to people, and they buy it. Yeah, I'm going to make it up. He's like, you got to get out of my house. Photos. He's like, you're about to get a big offer on this house. You don't realize what you're missing out on. Yeah, just give me a second. Let me work my magic here. And you're like, this kid. I mean, what a wrecking ball of a cartoon. (laughs) He's amazing. Yeah. All the characters are amazing. He's done such evil shit. Like, I remember him, like, shooting AIDS into Kyle's mouth and shit, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember when they were all shitting out of their mouths. I mean, it was just so much offensive, disgusting, nightmarish shit that I've seen on that show. Uh, It's hard to get past. It was the first to really push the just disgusting boundaries on TV. Like, I guess Ren and Stimpy kind of did, but this was, this was next level. Yeah. The pooping out of the mouths was very graphic. Did anything get grosser than that? And it was like on Comedy Central. I don't know. I don't know. The depravity of giving someone AIDS is... Adult Swim or whatever. You know, I'm sure there was some... There had to be something on that that was trying to challenge the depravity. Adult Swim was more like kind of psychedelic, superhero-ish. Or like absurd. Yeah, definitely absurd. Oh, yeah, there was so much absurdity. Space Ghost Coast to Coast was kind of one of the first shows. That was a great one. It was 
so good. Yeah, and, and we both watched Venture Brothers, which was great. That I was, was watching cartoon. Venture Brothers last night. They Were have you? so many seasons, and I think they're coming out with a movie, and that's going to be the last thing they do. You know, one thing, Dad that we liked that dad didn't like was some anime especially Miyazaki and you were watching Ponyo today how was that movie I love Ponyo for some reason when I'm faced with the entire Ghibli catalog it's the last one I choose and then when I watch it I'm like it's so precious I can't look away like it's so immersive that it like makes me have food cravings it's it's they're eating a lot of ramen on that yeah and I absolutely because it's like a ramen shop right uh no, like the like, mom just makes them ramen in a scene. Oh, I thought they had a ramen shop. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Uh, Ponyo's the one where like the whole world like turns into the ocean. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a little, like mermaid. little mermaid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so this is. I think there's one where there's it's prominently in a, a ramen shop, but I could be thinking of a live action Japanese movie, and not a Miyazaki. I can't think of any Miyazakis with a ramen shop. Yeah, I I could be thinking of a real Japanese live action movie, but anyway, it, it, pretty deep book. The wind also rises was beautiful. Uh, my favorites being my favorite Miyazaki movies being uh, Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. and Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. I think those are the masterpieces uh, that I've watched uh, hundreds of times each. Kiki's Delivery Service took me a couple watches to really appreciate, um, but that's a precious one. Yeah, but it's not such an epic like Princess Mononoke. It's not an epic, but it's charming. Yeah, his earlier stuff is so warlike, like yeah, the castle too, in the sky too. and Porco Rosso. Like yeah, there's all these like airplane fights. Too wartime for me. But it was interesting that he kind of like brought it back around to airplane flights for his last one. Uh, the wind also yeah. rises was all. And there was also like some aerial warfare in, mm-hmm. in Spirited Away. There was. No, Howl's Moving Castle. Sorry. Yeah, that is what you're thinking. Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. yeah. He has to go fight like some uh, aerial warfare. It's kind of steampunk. As a dragon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, the the enemy ships always look so otherworldly. Like yeah. They look like they're high-tech and old-fashioned at the same time, yeah, which cra- I think well, is steampunk. Well, they look like they're biological. That's true. He does add a biological twist. Yeah, like these uh, these warships are creatures. Have you seen the one that has, I think it's Uma Thurman plays the lady antagonist and she swoops in on this crazy ship and she's there with a a monster, like somebody's ship crashes and it has like a monster that they're like breeding underground. Um, But that has like tanks, like tanks tearing apart like a whole city and then also just this like crazy ropey muscly mo- like his monsters are so gross like those boars in, Spe- uh, in Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. when they had the demon in them so what are you the, describing this flying the, well monster? I'm just what I'm getting to is like his his grotesque biological like the amount of the amount of uh technical skill it takes to draw so many wiggly things mm-hmm. on one surface and yeah. he was doing that back in when was he getting started like the 70s probably yeah yeah and it was like just as just as beautiful as his more recent things are it's just the picture quality isn't as good hmm. I don't know he's just amazing yeah he's amazing and he keeps the threatening world. to come out of retirement <laughs> I'm coming out of retirement <laughs> look out here I come <laughs> make a spirited away too we're like oh, no. Oh my god! <laughs> He's going every time. I need more. Yeah. 
Um, the sound editing in, in The Wind Also Rises was also amazing. They had, like, what was it, like, earthquakes, and there'd be these, like, low groaning noises. Mm. And even just, like, on my laptop sound, like, it gave me kind of chills. Oh, maybe I watched it on a TV, but it's not, like, a high, high-end high speaker. Yeah, and no. And it vibrated through It rewards me. hi-fi listening. Yeah. yeah. Like, the sounds in, in Miyazaki's movies are, are next level. Um, I, I'd have to say, as a criticism... Uh, because I don't like just 100% sunny reviews of everything. <laughs> uh, some of the kids' voices, the screaming and the yelling, and the it's very annoying. I can barely take it. Like when you watch oh, My like Neighbor. Oh, like My Neighbor Totoro, yeah. Especially My Neighbor. But, you know, when 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 uh, the main character in Spirited Away is running down those stairs and she's screaming so loud, it's just like, oh, my God. Or, like, you know, she's just screaming dialogue instead of just saying it, you know. So I'm watching Ponyo today, right? And I'm watching it dubbed instead of subbed. I mean, subbed instead of dubbed. And um, the Japanese kids, like, are yell talking the whole right. time. Yeah. So it just, like, it doesn't translate when that's they what, do it in English. That's what and, like, crazy. They, can, they don't have to do it that way. Yeah. I know. It really distracts me from how beautiful and serene everything is. Yeah. Well, it's just like Japanese people. Like, they're sitting there making, like, you know, they'll sit there and make, like, uh, 10,000... Uh, six inch Hello Kitty cakes <laughs> and they're so cute and delicious but then they're like roping up dolphins and beating them in the heads with clubs in the cove and just killing how them how this dichotomy they have like cat they're cafes eating their fish. And, yeah it's like yeah. the cutest and the most brutal society <laughs> come drink a cup of tea and hold a hedgehog yeah exactly or beat a dolphin to death yeah or just lock your woman in a closet I That's mean, the an misogyny is just brutal over there. Anyway, uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Japanese being brutal <laughs> dichotomy. We're talking about art and uh, cartoons and, and uh, industrial light and magic. Did you hear uh, on Rogan that they have multiple of avatars made? Like three? That, like We've already seen the first, but there's yeah. two more in the can is what... Uh, young Jamie was saying. They've been talking about it or for maybe so it long. Band. There's no way they haven't compiled enough Yeah, footage. they've just been threatening this movie. I mean, it would be How? so rad. It's been since like Festival 8 since <laughs> the first Avatar. <laughs> the, fish, <laughs> the fish timeline. That's cool you uh, <laughs> referenced life on the fish timeline. <laughs> well, I think I had, like just seen Avatar and then I we went and watched that um, fish documentary that came out in theaters that oh, I think had footage from Festival 8, didn't it? Oh, no, that's a different... No, Bittersweet was from 97. Festival 8 was like 2010 or something. There was some fish thing that came out in theaters that we saw and Malia was there. Uh... I want to say like 2011-ish, because Festival 8, I think, was 2010. I don't Are know. you not talking about matter. their last shows in 04? I don't know. Hmm. I don't think so. No, no, no. It was way later than that. The Coventry run? Hmm. Those no, were No, it was shows that like, we were at. Because I remember Malia walking in and said, like, did you see us? Because oh. it was footage from a show that we had been at. I'm pretty mm. sure it was Festival 8. Hmm. I haven't seen that. You saw it with me. Oh, well. Like, I, we went and saw it in the theater. I don't remember what it they, was. I don't think they've released anything in the theater about Festival 8, but my memory's not great. I feel <laughs> like, like I don't remember that. remembering a different show. I don't know. Yeah. They should do a movie about Big Cypress. That was a great show that we were both at. 
But anyway, uh, we're talking about uh, cartoons and uh, and Avatar, and I would love if there was a new Avatar. Did you uh, watch The Abyss? That's um, a cool. That's a cool movie. So many times. Yeah, so it's many so times. creepy. Yeah, that's cool. Do you feel like uh, <clears throat> the aliens that we've been seeing from David Fravor and these Marines and, and Navy folks are? Maybe they have a base underwater. I absolutely think there's so much underwater. Yeah, the underwater idea is where I keep going to. I think about the abyss as just having this like deep base where it, it where we can't really see it. And there's so many like strong currents. Like surely a high enough form of intelligence can figure out how to turn that into like energy. Energy. Yeah, yeah it's true. The currents are crazy. But yeah, I always wonder because they, uh, you know, Fravor said that the craft could go in and out of water. I believe it was David Fravor said uh, the craft can go in the the, the UAPs, the unidentified aerial phenomenon, can go in and out of water. And what is it called? Like uh, phase flow or whatever shift. I I can't remember what they call it, but uh, they can go through any, you know, kind of environment with the same ease as anything else right and honestly you would think if you're coming from somewhere with like a different atmosphere like under the ocean would be the best place for you to be because you're going to create your own bubble of atmosphere anyways Mm -hmm. it can be your atmosphere and we don't really i think it's pretty well known we don't have much understanding of what's happening in the ocean it's a mystery i mean it's pretty like wide open you know as far as what's down there I don't think we really know. I love that there's like as as um, lakes will dry up or something like old ancient cities will just surface that we had no idea yeah. were there, and we're like, oh, the fab- maybe this was the fabled city of whatever that Atlantis. like clearly wasn't a fable. Yeah, well, uh, Lake Mead is drying up. Mm. It's been in the news. They found four different bodies. <sighs> yeah, decomposed. It's kind of wild. Like the start of the Bob's Burgers movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did they all sing a song about it? <laughs> Back to animated shit. Uh, what a great movie. It's so funny. I love their humor. Highly recommend Bob's Burgers, the movie. Uh, get your burgers, sexy burgers. She is so awesome. And uh, you kind of get the uh, backstory to the ears. You yeah. Know. Like why she Never wears knew. those bunny ears? What's her name? Uh, Louise. Louise. Mm-hmm. Why does she wear those ears? <laughs> She's just quirky. Yeah, she's got some like childhood trauma. Oh, everything's based in fear yeah. that you do that you do obsessively. And like the catatonic despair of, of Bob, you know, when he realizes he's going <laughs> broke and everything, you know, he's just like no. no. Just groans for three uh, days straight. This is bad. <laughs> oh, no. oh god! <laughs> yeah, just so scared. He's definitely like my exasperated inner narrator. <laughs> inner narrator. And <laughs> like, he's got those eyes that are so just like <laughs> taking it as it comes. You know, kind of like wide eye, wild eyed. You know, like beady eyes. Just oh my god, how are we gonna get through this? <laughs> I got three kids. I love that one quote just from like one of the regular seasons where Linda's like, come out with me. And he's like, fine, but I'm going to complain the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's why he's my spirit animal. <laughs> Have you seen any other uh, movies this year? 
Um, I went to see Bob's Burgers by myself at Alamo, which was ridiculously fun. Same. Uh, Howl- howling with laughter. S- oh, huge grin on my face the whole time. And then Johnny and I went to see Thor, which is so fun. Out of all those superhero movies, like that's a little like microcosm of the universe that I think is just like fun. Uh, is that your favorite yeah. part well, of the it's MCU? Like the, being an obsessive person, I like anything that has like such a huge collection of interwoven stories. So mm. like, I'm into all of it, mm. definitely. But I feel like I have the most fun. Like, I wouldn't want to go to the theater really to see any of the other movies, but I was so stoked to see Thor in the theater. And I love how Alamo loves a cosplay. That's yeah. always nice. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's more, like, I would rather go to the Alamo and see whatever than just, like, go to the movies to go to the movies. Well, they, like, like when Star Wars releases, they hire, like, stormtroopers to walk around outside and shit. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, they're above and beyond. And their pre-show entertainment is reason enough to get to the theater. I mean, the fact that you can eat and drink as soon as you get there 30 minutes before the show, I mean... Why wouldn't you? I mean, Why the only reason you? You is be, the only reason is because you're lazy or you're procrastinator <laughs> or you're just always perpetually late or uh, you don't understand how great the pre-show entertainment is. I or, think a lot of people don't understand that. Like yeah. they're programmed to be like, "We'll get there after the previews," right. kind of a thing. Right. We'll show and, up five minutes late, and then you have a terrible experience because you're ordering drinks while the movie is playing. That's true. Uh, showing up early is the move. Honestly, like, it took me a long time to figure that out in life in general. Like, getting places early is so much less stressful. Yeah. I know. But it it requires a little more uh, get up and go. Yeah. You got to, like, visualize what's going to happen once you leave. (laughs) Especially after the, like, after the (laughs) pandemic, after people have been locked in their house. Like, I feel like everyone considers leaving. Every time you cross that door, you're, like, thinking about it, like, Okay, here we go. We're leaving the house. It's almost more like when you think about The Martian or like Gravity or any of these movies where they have to leave some space pod. You know, it's the 46th soul. I'm going out to harvest my potatoes or whatever. Yeah, agoraphobia feels like that. Like we're all afraid of anything outside of our house. (laughs) It's not safe. We're venturing out. (laughs) I could get monkeypox or COVID, Omicron, five point whatever. Oh, there's so much out there trying to kill us, or I'll, I'll just die in a mass shooting, or Putin will bomb me. <laughs> yeah, I saw Roger Waters was like a just in the news for being like a Putin supporter, and also like a China. Like he was like saying that Biden was a war criminal, and that Hong Kong is part of Hong Kong is part of China. Taiwan is part of China. Uh, Because I guess Nancy Pelosi just went there and it was like ruffling feathers and he's like condemning them for it. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, it seems like a weird move from Roger Waters, who wrote The Wall, to feel that way. He's a confusing guy. He's so strange. He's very bitter and he's he's got tons of opinions that I don't really care about. You know, I protested him. Like, I I skipped a couple of his shows I should have gone to because I was just like, I don't like this guy. And I still don't, but I've ne- once you go to a Roger Waters show, you're like, I'm it's going really to all cool. of them. It's really cool. You know, he's got Robert Walter on keys. He usually has, like, John Karen and some, uh, like, badass guitar players, Snowy White, and uh, his drummers are great. Anyway, it's always a world-class show, and he has uh, tons of visual... I mean, every time he outdoes his visuals between, uh, like, flying pigs and lasers and 
and uh, and movies he creates for the music. It's 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 on rails, but you know it's not unpredictable like a fish show. It's it's very predictable like a comedy show, and uh, and and he's amazing. But he's also you know a jerk personally. Yeah, and he, you know, <laughs> personally so I don't. I don't like his politics, and I don't like when people talk politics. That's one thing I love about the Grateful Dead is they never talk politics. That's so true. Yeah. I don't think Fish does either. Mm-mm. And another thing Fish does, I was talking with uh, Josh Pearson on the last episode, was uh, how they would block out all the advertising from any venue. Like, when you go to a lot of so venues, classy. there's Budweiser and Aetna and, and Geico and whatever, all these ads everywhere, McDonald's. And uh, Fish blacks out all that shit. Maybe that's part of what made it feel like such an escape from your normal life. Oh, it's like, a huge part really of it. Like, I never really put it together. Huge part of it. That's brilliant. But the lights, obviously, you know, are why you feel like you're transported away. That is the only thing that makes me want to see, like, a current-gen Fish show, is those lights are crazy. Well... <laughs> You've been living here for a month, and Fish has been on tour, so you've caught some fish. Oh, I've definitely on some seen couch it. Tour. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think now about Fish these days? Um, I think that their like music isn't as on point as it used to be, as far as just like being a fun experience from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Still amazing. They're still so amazing, but the lights are so next level that like that's something that I would like make the effort to have like have a in-person experience about mm. i would like to stand in the presence of the lights and obviously i would never object to hearing a fish show they're amazing yeah but they have a lot of bad songs now yeah i don't i don't like the and they're singing the singing has degraded yeah that's true but i think the jams are better than ever in a lot of ways even though they're very similar like that you enjoy myself jam was amazing yeah Oh yeah! Now I feel they, like I've said amazing ten times. Well, now <laughs> it's amazing. Everything's amazing. Um, no, the, we were talking about that in the last episode, like how they've just been inserting jams into weird songs, and you enjoy myself. They they usually end with a vocal jam, and now they just pick up their instruments halfway through the vocal jam and start, uh, you know, playing their instruments again. So Yeah, I always knew that song is more like a closer or an encore, and it was just, like, in the middle of the set. Yeah, it always ends with, like, the lights doing the full 360. You know, like, it just kind of slowly spinning around in a circle. They're entirely there to send you on an otherworldly experience. Yeah. Removal of ads, I didn't realize that was part of it. It, it makes is. so much sense. Yeah, it's a subtle thing they yeah. do. But they're like, we don't want to see a single company in this arena. That's one of the things that was cool about Festival 8, too, is like the addition of that just like plush, almost fake polo grounds grass. Mm-hmm. Like It just seemed... Well, and you like eat in the farmer's movie. market and the beers. There's like a hundred micro brews you'd never heard oh, of. Oh, and those just like drink the coconut water out of the coconut. Yeah, you drink coconut. I mean, it was the most posh <laughs> festival I've ever been to. It was, it was ridiculous. amazing. Even the showers were super nice. Everything was nice. Yeah. I couldn't believe that place. And we just drove right in. There was no That's line. True. That's true. If you compare it with Big Cypress, where we all <laughs> aged like four years in that line. I remember Emily was like turning off the AC and we'd, she'd be like, okay, we're going to do a burn because she was trying to conserve gas. Because yeah. like, who knows how long we're going to be yeah. on this road. It was so hot. Oh, so yeah. she'd turn, turn it off. on and we're all just sticking our faces in our vents. Yeah. Because <laughs> even in Florida, you know, December, it's still warm. 
And, and there's just alligators everywhere. Like yeah, big alligators deal. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and Wookiees walking around with their dreadlocks <laughs> and their fingers in the air. No pot. In no, the whole state. that was such a weird phenomenon. I never heard that whole story until later on about like why there wasn't. Uh, what was the story? Um, so apparently there was like the the rumors going around was that if you fly in there you're going to have it confiscated kind of a thing. And so every, and they're like, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. Like, how could it not be? So like everyone basically was expecting everybody else to bring it. And so like nobody brought it. So somebody went and did like a local deal in like a nearby town. And apparently it was just like terrible, but they're like, we'll take what we can get. And then, um, I don't know. Eventually people found things. I'm sure they were there for like five days, but yeah. I mean, some people were replete. Other people were sober. Yeah. Just drinking, but, um, staying awake until dawn. Yeah. With a lack of drugs on, on scene. Like there was a lot of people that made it. Yeah. I mean, I barely made it. I, I think I nodded off a couple of times, but, uh, you know, in those long blissed out jams that like, 6 a.m. or whatever <laughs> like i don't know what's happening yeah i was so delirious by the end that when they stopped playing and then here comes the sun started playing yeah. like over the sound system yeah. i was like oh are they back yeah, are they playing beatles <laughs> like, they just play forever they're playing beatles they now? clearly just play until the end of time yeah and like there was a legit fear of y2k I remember thinking, like, this is the place to be. Like, if everything's going to blow up, like, we're in the middle of the Everglades. Yeah, like, we, how perfect. We chose correctly. <laughs> we can eat alligators until the end of time. It's funny. It's, <laughs> to me, it's the best fish has ever played. It was so fun. I mean, they're really at the top of their game. That was probably the peak, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was definite downslide after that. Yeah, I mean, it, but I still think they, they do things now that are better than ever, but... Um, but as far as like that band just being powerful, that was that's probably the peak. And they had all those great new songs. That was back when there was no bad songs. Yeah, I feel like around Ghost was the like most recent album they released that I was just like lit up about. Like I listened to it like so many yeah, times. Was, Besides like it live was shows. Farmhouse for me, but uh that was the next one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Undermine the the two point albums, uh, Round Room and Undermine are also quite good. They're cool, but I didn't give them the same like airtime that I gave to Ghost. Yeah, I don't think the songs are as good. It, they're still good because the band's so tight. Uh, they're cool songs. I don't know. I like Waves and Pebbles and Marbles, and yeah, there's some great stuff on Undermine. I like just liked when they did like kind of like darker, grittier, funkier stuff. Yeah. Well, Late Night is all about that funky stuff funky stuff yeah they're playing funk 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 mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i just don't i mean their webcasts are so good i don't think i need to go see fish like it just seems like too much of a hassle going anywhere is a hassle yeah honestly i, know. I yeah, have I a mean, tiny panic attack about parking every time i go someplace new yeah i mean <laughs> just getting on a plane to me is where i'm like i no, nothing's I, worth that last two years of nothing seems less appealing than an airplane there's been so many videos of people straight up punching each other yeah and cancellations and just a lot of trouble long lines and i don't know it seems like a nightmare i know it's still happening every day most of it's fine but if you're gonna cancel someone for being unethical it seems like airports might be a place to start they laid off so many people yeah elsewhere you know (laughs) like that i can't just visit in vr 
Yeah, that really opens things up. Yeah, I can go be there for half an hour and feel like I get the vibe. We walked down the Amalfi Coast, yeah. like, and then I went to Harlem, like, two yeah. seconds later. Yeah, and then we were in Africa, <laughs> and then we were in Norway, and then we were in... Oh, Norway's different Tiananmen than I thought it was. Square. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's like, you can go wherever you like. Mount Fuji, cool. You want to be in <laughs> Papua New Guinea? There we are. Um, I loved visiting the Buddha. Yeah, Kamakura. That was so cool to just, like, walk around him for real. So, in VR... Uh, the news there is uh, we started playing tennis, which was fun. You almost whacked uh, my ceiling fan out oh, of no, the sky. Oh, no, I did whack your ceiling you fan. You whacked it really <laughs> enthusiastically. In fact, that was the most enthusiastic whack I've ever seen from you in your 40 in, years of being on this planet. I was in pure sports mode I mean, after. Yeah, you were like spiking a volleyball. <laughs> It was intense. I had to be alert all day for 12 hours. I look up and you're just like, <laughs> like full on tomahawk, death blow. The first time like a pop ball had come towards me and I got really excited. Oh my, you were stoked. <laughs> yeah, you were so stoked. Oh, it was really exciting. That's an amazing game. Like that's the best like sportsy feel that yeah. like feels accurate. Yeah, the ping pong's pretty good too. It's good, but it does, like, so much correction for you that you're like, I didn't really hit it that mm. well. Like, thank you for keeping the game going, but, like, I don't feel like I'm but actually still, doing But still, I mean, that's not really a crime in video, I think. Yeah, but the tennis is more fun because it's more accurate. Like, if I mess up, like, I mess up. Yeah, it, I feel it like. It gives me a challenge. I feel like I, I'm way too good. Oh, well, it definitely helps, but not as much as the ping pong. I'm way too good in tennis. Like, I just beat everybody. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Well, you actually. Oh, you got a point. Like, I find myself just talking shit to him. Like, <laughs> oh, you got a point. Yeah, it's because I messed up. <laughs> or it's like, because, uh, the video, you know, this game is a little glitchy. It is a little glitchy, yeah, to be fair. a little glitchy. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All the opponents have the silliest names. I remember that much. Yeah. None of them are a name I've ever heard. <laughs> there was an old, like, baseball game that Nintendo made, and then they have, like, the list of characters at the end, like, after you beat the game, and they're all, like, what they think American names would sound like, mm -hmm. like Johnny Beefeater or something. Yeah. Like, there's just this whole list of ridiculous Ridiculous names. And then when you watch who actually made the game, they're all Japanese. They're all Japanese. They don't know yeah. any American people. No. They've never met one, and they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I only recently found out that there's, like, a population in Japan that's, like, super surfer. Like, there's some Japanese. And then we saw the jazz guy, Mak Makamoto. What was his name? Mm -hmm. The Fancy Pants that we watched his show the other night, the Japanese funk band. Oh, Kiko Gaku Moyo. Yeah. Kiko Gaku Moyo. Kiko Gaku Moyo. Yeah. Amazing. And that's yeah. such surf rock. They all look like surfers. Yeah, yeah, they do look like surfers. Yeah. I feel true. like this is a magical part of Japan that we haven't been exposed to well, yet. Well, there's a lot. I mean, the thing with Japan, it's like Chile. Like, it's so long and narrow that it really incorporates every kind of, you know, natural environment you can imagine. So from cool. snowy mountains to surfy beaches. Yeah. Swamps and flatlands and deserts. I mean, they, they have it all. Yeah, I don't know. Japanese surfer is such a cool vibe. Yeah. I know. I hopefully get to see those guys. 
They got uh, Orion's belt opening. I don't know who that is. Oh wait, is that something that's been in the vibes chat? Oh, it's in the vibes, and and the the chat is uh, not important. What's important is the playlist. The playlist is where the, playlist. the magic's happening. Yeah, have you spent much time with the vibes playlist? Um, I use it at the yoga studio, but I don't actually have Spotify on my phone, but they do. And I've noticed that not only do I play the vibes playlist, but other people are now playing the oh, vibes playlist. Yeah. Very good. It's the best background music. It is. But here's what I would say. It also rewards the active listener. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really like listen to it, there's great hooks, uh, great uh, textures and and uh, lyrics and all you know everything. Yeah, I'm mm. just sitting there by myself for about two hours a day, like just doing the chores of a yoga studio, and it keeps me going. Yeah, it's it's the best thing I've ever done. That playlist, and, and I'm really borrowing it from that, um, mostly from the Krongman Vibes YouTube channel. But yeah, uh, I still listen to those. We find new stuff to put in there all the time, and and. Uh, we certainly put some of the stuff I thought was core, you know, put some dub and put some krung bin and put some, uh, you know, like, uh, what's that, Lovage. And, you know, we, we've, we found, we knew other bands that weren't being included. So, you know, between uh, Johnny and I, we've been finding some new new tunes to be stuffing in that playlist. Now it's 19 love, hours. Yeah, I love the stringency of y'all's acceptance policy. It's uh, very It's very tight. <laughs> It's very tight. Yeah, yeah. It's a, no nonsense. <laughs> it's yeah. A, and yet the list still grows. Like, y'all are finding some oh, yeah. truffle pigging, so much amazing music. It's true. Yeah. Well, Johnny is like, picked up on some uh, source material that's that's crucial, like lo-fi lo playlists. Those are fun. Uh, what is this? One's called, like, New Stuff Radar or something like that. You know, which is just uh, hip and new, new stuff that's being uploaded that might be in your wheelhouse. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then there's another cool. one like psych, you know, psychedelic uh, or just psych rock or something. Um, so you can kind of find these these pockets. You know, there's some Afro beat in there. There's some some R&B. Like there's, there's definitely like themes of some indie rock kind of things going on but uh he's so active on there like his algorithm just must be like working overtime and bringing the best <laughs> stuff back yeah no he's definitely uh, yeah, hyper focused on finding good music and it's been really fun to to because i feel like johnny and i both have been stuck in a uh like a musical trough for a while you know for a year or two and and just kind of getting bored with our options and and because clearly is, it's like a part-time job finding new musical interests. Like y'all had to like team up <laughs> your yeah. efforts to make it happen. Yeah, and, and you know <laughs> we're sharing. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I think we're both sharing the playlist. Hopefully you are too, and yeah. uh, the vibes on Spotify, and and uh, and so those people are hopefully sharing. You know, you just want that nice organic reach. It's already got like thirty-seven, thirty-eight likes. But I know it's got a lot more reach than that. Yeah. Because I don't like shit on Spotify. I never like anything. Does it so. show, like, total plays? If it does, I haven't found it. But mm -hmm. uh, I would be interested in total, uh, you know, interactions. But uh, that's been such a fun obsession this last year. Uh, Johnny's going to come on the podcast soon, and then uh, we're going to dig into some of those artists. But it's... Uh, 
it's fun, you know, just as a way to uh, find new shows to go to, you know. So, like, we were going to go see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but they just had a uh, health crisis, and he's got Crohn's, and now they canceled their tour, so we may not get a King Gizzard show. They're doing a two-night run. They're scheduled to do a two-night run here in Austin, and uh, we're going to see the Babe Rainbow, and... Um, you know, it's just it's fun just finding these bands that are you know Ryan's Belt and uh, that are coming to town and, and just going to see new music. I mean, that's such an exciting thing for me to do is go learn about new bands because I love geeking out on bands and finding out about them and uh, that's always been your favorite notes. hobby. Yeah, exactly. Read the liner notes and you know figure out all the albums they did and and read their discography and all the art, but. Uh, Another discovery method has been this uh, channel called KEXP on YouTube, which is a studio in Seattle that just has all these bands we love. Yin Yin and uh, Kikigaku and... and uh, okay, uh, I think I've seen Ala a few. Laws and uh, Polisa and... Um, uh, here's another one. Uh, Cotton Jones and... and uh, I think you sent me a Cass Polisa McCombs, show. Cass um, McCombs... The Olympians, uh, who else? Kevin Morby. I mean, just so many great artists that now I'm head over heels for that I didn't know about two years ago. You know, so it's been ex- exciting to have a small group of people to like freak out about new music. Because <laughs> my least favorite with. thing about Deadheads is like they always listen to the Dead and just the Dead, not even Jerry Garcia band. I'm like, what is wrong? You know, I just I hate that mentality. How can like you have fish only one Just sound. listen to fish. I'm mm. like, what are you doing? There's are so many kidding? good flavors of ice cream. Like, why would you only This is one? the singer you want? Oh, forever. Every day in your head? This is your soundtrack. We like want even... you to be happy. <laughs> this is your song, too. <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, I would just, like, stop listening to music for days at a time if I only listen to one oh, band. Oh, my friends. Back with Thousand of a Lot. I mean, are you kidding? This is what you're listening to, driving down the street? No. I can't. It's fun to be at a fish show, but, I mean, it's just... They're harder and harder to fend uh, the older. We were at, uh, at Jerry Fest this weekend. Uh, the second drummer, Keith, was like, uh, you know, Fish is not very good singers. <laughs> and they've been writing mm-hmm. some really shitty songs for a mm-hmm. long time. It's like, y- y- that's harsh, but yeah, you're right. And that's a big problem. I finally saw a thread on Twitter about how Trey just starts singing an octave <laughs> higher for no reason uh, in the middle of gumbo and chalk dust torture and stuff. It's like, yeah, that is kind of weird. He's dealing with his aging voice the only way he can. Yeah. Yeah, he can't sing low anymore. It's interesting. Because it's You'd usually it the high lower. notes. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm froggy as hell right now. I could... I could hit some low notes. I could sing very deep. Didn't your bus driver have some nickname for you based on your deep a bullfrog. voice? Bullfrog. Bullfrog. <laughs> yeah, it was bullfrog. <laughs> yeah, because I sound like a frog. I don't know why anyone listens to this podcast. You just woke up one day with a deep voice. It was the wildest thing. Yeah. It was like when Dad shaved his mustache off. Like yeah, it's, it's so shocking. alarming. <laughs> yeah, transformation. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Who is a stranger in like, my house? Ah! Everyone, like, everyone runs out of the house. It's like, it's like big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> it was just like big. <laughs> yeah, that movie was great. Classic. God, I love that movie. Man. Tom Hanks was in so many amazing movies. Yeah. How does that happen? I watched Castaway the other night. It was awesome. Yeah, it was so desperate and just got beat up so hard. And so lonely. So lonely. <laughs> so lonely. So lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he actually like got his body into deserted on a beach condition was amazing. Yeah. But nothing beats like Christian Bale. I saw a meme that was like uh, Nothing beats Christian Bale. Like, you heard it here first, folks. Like, nothing dude, beats Christian Bale. His body transformations are crazy. Like the machinist, he was like twenty pounds underweight probably. Never saw it. Oh my goodness. Was it good? It's disturbing. Like it's not the kind of movie you want to watch again. It's like train spotting or something. Yeah. Like you're kinda of glad you watched it, but like don't make me do that yeah, again. Yeah, not again. <laughs> like Requiem for a Dream. Exactly like, like uh, Requiem for a, a Dream. That's a one and done. Hey, will you hand me that uh, fire eagle in, in that bucket? Oh, the blue. That is not green. That's right. It's not green. <laughs> or dark green. <laughs> oh, yum. So, uh, I wanted to talk about some podcasts. Um, mm. The podcast Ville. So, uh, last time we went through some basic kind of uh, weekly our weekly structure of podcasts and uh that's probably changed like i because i think neil brennan used to be part of our Ugh. you know how neil feel is gone miss him which we miss and bianca uh, and bianca where is she gone like bianca's gone gone She's, neil brennan's popped up a couple of times yeah like minimally. on bad friends mm-hmm. and uh maybe rogan but i think he did a whiskey ginger too Oh yeah, not bad friends. Whiskey ginger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Oh wrong, yeah, wrong you're Santino right. Santino podcast. So R.I.P. to How Neil Feel, one of our favorite podcasts, because uh, they covered the news. It was a man. It was a white dude and a black gal, and it was like such a cool kind of diverse. Uh, uh, two not necessarily same people having discussing current events. It was mm-hmm. like they both had very unique perspectives and they argued all the time. It was, it was interesting. It was like counterpoint. Yeah, they're really common sense individuals with very different life experiences. <laughs> yeah. So they're bringing something different to the table that's right. like equally reasonable and they work it out. It's they kind work of it amazing. out. Yeah. The way, and I don't mind like those shows where they argue and work it out. Um, Unlike, you know, Opie and Anthony or uh, some of these other more confrontational shows that end up not working out. <laughs> confrontational yoga. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mondays are, uh, for me, Dumpster Fire with Bridget Fetacy. Which just came back. Welcome back, Bridget. She's has a baby, Matilda. Oh, I didn't catch the name. I think it's like Matilda. It's some old school name. And then uh, her dog has cancer. So her dog's name hope so they're like keep mm-hmm. hope alive mm-hmm. go fund me so um that's no great. they're selling t-shirts instead of the go fund me oh well whatever they're raising yeah, funds they're for raising the funds. dog hope uh and that shows great and then uh there's two bears one cave with burt kreischer and tom segura which i catch it occasionally is rarely tom segura and burt kreischer yeah burt's gone 
all the time. Well, they're both gone all the time. Like, they, they both are just traveling like crazy. Like, Tom Segura is on the most insane tour I've ever seen in my life. How he has time to come back to Austin and record a podcast every Monday is beyond me. Or it's, Sunday, whenever he does it. Maybe he just takes Sundays off and does that. But his schedule is grueling. Yeah, I feel like some people live the yoga death camp lifestyle, like, on the daily. Yeah. Like, well, honestly, with comedy, you wait around all day, and you do two hours of work. Really. Yeah, that's you true. You might have a sound check and, and uh, some rigmarole, but, I mean, for real, it's just two hours. But if you're, like, flying to a different city or, like, riding from a bus from a place to a like, that's tiring. Like, it is. Like, moving from is, one place to another is tiring. But you're still kind of sitting around. Yeah. You know? Living out of a suitcase is, like, emotionally draining. Yeah. Well, it seems like they do it very differently. Like, Tom is posh as hell and flies everywhere. I think Bert takes a bus. Yeah, he's all about that bus life. But, but Bert's been blowing up this year with all of his, like, self-promotion. He's doing the Bert relapse tour, and he's he got a bus with his face wrapped around it. And, and he's, he's part experience. Like, his comedy's funny. Like, it's really funny, but it's not um, as it's funny as funny. he is popular, I feel, because well, he's, he's just, just a such funny a funny guy. He's yeah. just such a whack He's his personality is part of the like I thought I was watching a Kill Tony and Bert Bert and Rogan had just filmed a podcast and then they show up at Kill Tony and just drunkity drunk drunk. Oh, super drunk. So drunk. And Bert was like every time he was laughing at a comedian, he would put the microphone up to his laughter. And it's like who does that? Like he's so aware that like every noise that he makes like needs to be mic'd. Like mm-hmm. that's part of his whole experience. I can't believe this lineup of people he had with him on this tour. <clears throat> it was like Nikki Glaser and and uh, uh, like Big J Okerson, Mark Norman, um, Shane Gillis, uh, Brian Simpson. Like it was a great lineup. I mean, it's just a, all bangers. Like because they all know they're going to have an amazing time. Yeah. Like the crowd's going to be super hyped up and receptive. Like who wouldn't want to perform there? Got some there? porn star doing the DJ work. <laughs> She's so awesome. funny. Yeah. There was one episode where he was like, we need a muse. We need a muse on the bus. Like, we're just going to hire, like, an Instagram influencer to just sit around and be hot and, like, be in all of our pictures with us. <laughs> and, and this is the part that I love best. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to call Leanne and see if it's okay. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. He makes so much money for this family. Did you and see the, his latest viral video? No. What yeah, do you do? So, his uh, his family was going into his house in the back in the back door. He was parking the car, and he like he was like uh, following them like a duckling in a line with his family. And then he had to run back to his car to get something. And then they were like going to shut him out, which would lock him out. So he started running back to the back door, and he's wearing flip flops. And when he steps up on the first step, he he trips and he falls forward and cracks his head on this pot Whoa. Uh, like a potted plant and cracks the pot open and rolls out and just passes out. Spiderweb. <laughs> yeah, spiderweb. Salt. Everyone That's has a spiderweb handy. You hit your head, just grab a spiderweb. Because those are laying around. So is he like completely unconscious? He's unconscious. That is insane. Yeah. See, the, and the fact that somebody was holding a phone to catch no, that. No, is no crazy. one was. It was a, oh, it was the, the like Nest security, camera yeah, or something. It was a security camera. I gotcha. Yeah. I was like, these people are like But the he just starts running in a flip-flops. I like, <laughs> just knocks himself out on a potted plant. 
<laughs> but it reminded me, you know, uh, to, not to bring Bell back up, but you know, my my precious blind bulldog. Like one time we were playing frisbee, when I realized like she was degrading. When I realized that her, the end was nigh, I like threw the frisbee like I always do in the backyard, and she ran full speed into a potted plant and just cracked it wide open. It exploded. I feel like I was here for that. You might have been. Or that the sounds day familiar. Anyway. It's just wild when people break pottery with their head. <laughs> You're like, that's uh that's she a painful. She was a very fast-moving tank of an object. Yeah, yeah, fast-moving, strong tank. Yeah, now she's uh, in a box on my <laughs> my living room table. <laughs> Still unmovable. The paw print's force. pretty cute. It yeah, is cute. it's great just having her there. You know, I gotta say, even though she's in dust form, uh, it's nice having her back on the in the living room. And she really like owned the living room. She like, did. Bubbles is much more my bedroom dog, whereas Belle owned the whole house. Yeah, it took Belle a minute to get used to like. I think what I think now because I see how like how much Bubbles gets excited when girls come over. Like I think Belle used to have a reaction to me being here, and then Bubbles would get excited and come out. She's like, "No, this is my room. Like she this is not your normal out. behavior. Oh, get yeah. out of she here." She was the alpha. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, she was the boss of the living room. Yeah, she was the boss Floor of the house. Floor is lava. Really. Yeah. Like, she was like, listen, Shad's the boss, and I'm second. <laughs> and then there's you at the bottom. <laughs> She's the parrot on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, Iago. <laughs> You're a little wingman. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, no creatures ever love me more in my life. <laughs> I'll always be grateful for it. But, I mean, Belle really, like, set a, set a pretty high bar. For like uh, shad worship, and, I feel uh, like I'm starting to see more and more like dogs showing up in like stores and also on podcasts. Um, like I think we're really finally accepting that like it's okay to just have a dog in your lap everywhere. And I don't yeah. know if I'm on board with that. I mean, kind of <laughs> like how <laughs> I like how you take that. <laughs> You're like a society's so open to dogs and everything's in his life, and I hate it. Like honestly, if I'm and at a boo. restaurant. <laughs> I'm checking out my groceries at HEB and yeah. the and the self check next to me has a dog sitting next to my feet. I'm like, I don't know how well you take care of your dog. Like I'm, this is my food and I don't know, like you're supposed to wear shoes and, and dogs are not wearing shoes. Dogs aren't wearing no. shoes. No. Well yours does, but Well, that was a bad move. You just need some socks. Yeah, my poor dog has sores on his feet because of the shoes I put on him. But he wasn't slipping, so that was a win. Yeah, he was slipping for a while. You win some, you lose some. I wonder if, like, the boots helped him walk better. I don't know. He doesn't seem to be slipping much. No, they absolutely helped him walk better because he used to hop from rug to rug, and now he's, like, confidently sauntering around the wood floors. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, And honestly, maybe he built up some muscles because I don't see him slipping since you took his booties off. uh, Maybe. I'd be surprised. (laughs) He just Uh, had to get some reps in. One thing that's happened in the podcast universe that that you and I have both been watching is uh, uh, Tiger Belly, which is Bobby Lee and (coughs) Kalila Kuhn. Kuhn. And uh, they broke up. They did broke up. That's a crazy breakup because they seem so tight. And they kind of changed the face of podcasts, like, a little bit with Tiger Belly. Like, it was a very unique podcast um, until more started popping up. Because I think they've been doing it for, like, over 10 years, which is a pretty long record. Um, But it was apparently Kalila's, like, pretty much Kalila's idea. So she kind of made Bobby 
but he like had the fame to start with so like the one of them couldn't have risen to where they're at without the other mm. and it's so hard when you're like entwined with someone like that i'm sure their relationship lasted way longer than it needed to mm. just because their business lives are so dependent on each other and honestly like you live with someone for that long and like they're just part of your life whether I you mean, want to be romantic or yeah. not okay yeah but we've discussed before how like mismatched they are oh absolutely she's a she's goddess like a supermodel yeah. yeah adonis and he's like a little dumpling yeah yeah he's a fat little like he just plays video games and does bad comedy i mean it's like what does he do uh he's in shitty movies i mean he's just like he's like a d-list hollywood uh dumpling and the ego on that guy, like, while also hating himself. Yeah, no, I, I the, the thing that kills me about Tiger Belly is, like, these petty fights. Like, just bringing up how you said this thing to me at this place. It, it's so shallow. Yeah, he holds, he no holds depth. ego grudges. Yeah, there's very little depth to that mm-hmm. show. It's all just, like, silly, like, uh, Asian soap opera drama. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, you said this thing to me, and <laughs> it really hurt my feelings. I can't believe you'd say that to me. You know, it's like that's the kind of – it's it's it sounds like a bunch of kids. There's so much conflict resolution happening by the end of that show because all he does is immediately stir up conflict. Yeah. They're it's all about like any negative – like he just drags up any negative uh, interaction they've ever had. Did you see when they went on your mom's house, like, last week, maybe two weeks ago? Like, definitely post-breakup. Both of them? Yeah, like, as a duo. And they, like, talk about the breakup. And um, and, and Christina P. tells a story that they're, like, at some fancy party. And somebody shows up with a bag of, like, Chinese takeout. And they're, like... I'm here. I'm looking for Bobby Lee. Like he ordered Chinese take, like at a fancy place with like dinner being served. I'm sure. <laughs> like who does that? <laughs> and then like even though the guy like specifically asked for Bobby, when Christina was like, I can't believe you did that. He's like, I didn't do that. Why would I do that? Blah 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 blah. Um, like just even if it even if it wasn't true, like make it funny. Like you're a comedian. Well, on he lies on the show, show all the time, and he's Constantly. like, and they prove that he's lying. And I, I hate that. Yeah, there's so much about that guy I find, and and I think that's why he's Rogan's doesn't get him on is because he's just so like uh, concerned with uh, inconsequential trivia. I feel like Rogan kind of enjoys like getting through that though. Uh, sure, and I think he, he probably wants counselor. Bobby on, and Bobby doesn't go on. He's afraid of the conflict. Like, he's afraid of mirror that. being held up to himself. I think Bobby's afraid of Rogan. He's definitely afraid of Rogan. He's afraid of most things. I think. Crippled by anxiety, that boy. Yeah, and it's weird that he and Kyle are like still sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> like, and now he said uh, he's never going to date again. Yeah crazy yeah meanwhile she's having like anthony jeselnik on trash tuesday and like fully flirting with him the whole time i'm Mm. like why is anthony jeselnik on the chick podcast like this makes no sense no there's a fox in the hen house yeah 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 he was just like (laughs) patiently waiting for it to be over so we could ask her out i'm sure yeah so who's uh (laughs) coming back to my trailer (laughs) yeah that guy 
his comedy's like not even that funny. He's so cocky. He acts like he's the best thing ever. He's really a. You can just never pay attention to that guy and be just fine. He's like, are you ready for this edgy joke that's yeah, going to knock you off your seat? Yeah, he thinks he's so edgy. I think some of his writing's good. Some of it's garbage. Uh, I definitely, definitely doesn't deserve to be as cocky as he is. But I do think he's pretty funny on podcasts. Like, he's a little more humble than than you expect him to be. Then he comes across on stage, you know? He seems, like, irritated most of the time, though. Like, when yeah. he was on with... Um probably two bears where you can hear their guys like laughing in the background he's like can you always hear them like that like can you hear them like that on the podcast he was like totally shaming tom and bert for like the fact that you can hear the people laughing in the well sound they booth. laugh a little extra it's so extra but it's <laughs> yeah. like part of the show it's like a laugh track on the jetsons yeah it is yeah <laughs> filmed before us too live studio audience yeah uh, what's that guy's name their uh, producer the redhead the, um, that that bird always fights with, but they but they uh, eventually became remember, accountability like, buddies. Navid or Nadeev uh, is the only Nadav. one I can remember. Nadav. Nadav, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, two bears, one caves on Monday. Uh, Tiger bellies usually come out around Monday or Tuesday. You got. Bill Burr still cranking out the Monday morning podcast, uh, which is still consistently funny, even though he's like very much a dad now and does boring dad shit. And he's like over concerned with his health and it's just it and sports. There's a lot of boring shit with Bill Burr, but every now and then the gems just, are so gemmy. <laughs> such great like diamonds in the rough with him. Yeah, there are. They're worth waiting for. You never know when he's just going to stumble across some like conspiracy shit or some like pet peeves and he's such an amazing human just kind of like listening to how he like works through things is kind of nice his ability to look at himself is kind of like uh jim gaffigan or louis ck like some of these great comedians can really like not only like go through their material but like kind of also experience it from the audience point of view and critique themselves in the whole flow (laughs) it's amazing like gaffigan will always be like Oh, he's going to tell multiple bread jokes. Great. Oh, this, how many bread jokes is he going to do? You know, like this innocent, confused, scared audience member is like, is it going to be all bread jokes? Uh, I love, I've heard that bit. Yeah, it's so I mean, funny. Anytime uh, uh, a comedian takes the uh, – Bill Hicks would be <laughs> another great, you know – examples but he would always make them like southern and and dumb you know like he was condescending about it where i think gaffigan is very like pc about it yeah he's family friendly he's family friendly bill yeah. hicks was not family you know they put out a speaking of comedians they put out a george carlin documentary which on hbo which you should definitely watch i definitely watched it it's so good oh you did watch it, it is so good How lovely yeah I loved it too. No idea about the saga with his wife and the alcoholism yeah. and like going bankrupt and, and the parents. Like yeah. there's so many layers. I didn't even realize he became irrelevant for a period of time and had to like claw his way back up to the reincarnation of the George Carlin that was like the one that I knew. Yeah. I wasn't as familiar with like cynical, like uh, political George Carlin. Yeah, I've heard the goofy wordplay stuff from his yeah. earlier years, but, like, not that much. It's like, not, the political rants yeah, or what well, I know. Yeah, well, I just don't think that stuff is relevant. By the time you hear the new stuff, was like, 
they don't care about you at all. At all. <laughs> at all. That's so good. You're like, but honestly, those are like 30 years old by now, and yeah. those are still relevant. Very relevant. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so relevant. The abortion shit, the uh, the, the top-down, the trickle-down economics, the uh, power structure, the, uh, you know, the, the, the bread and circus. I mean, he really, like, had his finger on the pulse. He killed it over yeah. and over again. And, like, the way his wordplay was, like, the way he just had these long, eloquent uh, soliloquies that yeah. were just so timed out and all the words were punchy and no fat. No, no. It was clearly so well, like, rehearsed and edited and, like, critiqued. And I love when, I gotta say, as someone who's never committed to his art, every time I see an artist put everything they have into their art, I just am so impressed. I'm just like, I will give you a back, I'll give you a foot rub. Anytime I see these people, I will give them a foot rub. That's it's how much I respect them. It's magic to so like magic. create something that's an amazing experience, whether it just be like audio or vi- like a visual experience. But like, it's you're making something out of nothing. Like you're taking nothing and making it beautiful. Exactly. And what you know, uh, you know, people I've had on the podcast are you know like the Bozarts or or Josh Pearson or Zach Morgan, these people that have, like, fully committed, Joe Fallhaber, fully committed to being an artist, you know? It's like, this is what I'm here to do. Like, the, everything else is bullshit. I, I love that. You know, it... Uh, it is what we're here for, and it sucks that we have to go through the rest of it just well, to, we like, don't, make though. the time. But we don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, these other people are showing me there's other ways to live. Yeah, that's true. Where you're not sucking on Satan's cock. <laughs> the, the corporate, you know, yeah, barbed cock just being jammed down my throat every day. It's like, uh, you don't need that. At the end of the day, everything's a choice. It's yeah, true. Yeah, it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think the best artists at some point choose to invest in themselves. It's true. You have to take and that I've leap. And I've never liked myself enough to invest in myself. Well, also, it's just a really scary thing. It's kind of like I changed my tire today. I felt very accomplished. But driving on said tire, I was gripped with fear because I have no faith in my lug nut tightening skills. And turns out they were perfect. Like, I should have had faith in myself. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I, terrifying. I think my biggest regret in life will be having two completely separate jobs and never, like, really, like... leaning into art because I think the more everything gets automated and and AI takes over like human art is going to be a precious thing you're like in a way more committed artist than most artists as adults though like you actually put at least weekly effort into rehearsals like you play shows all over the place like you have an art form that you practice intensely yeah. Like, you're doing it. I know, but but I'm not going all in. I'm not doing it eight hours a day. Well, that's true. That's going all in to me. All right. Yeah. So, because, like, and when you think about how you break up an artist's life, it's, like, nuts and bolts, getting better at my craft, creating art, promoting that art, networking, and uh, and, and, and just sharing it in, in ways that are you know, keeping up with technology and promoting yourself. It's, that it's, is a, it's lot a whole to do. thing. Yeah, that's true. 
And, you know, if you aren't born beautiful, I, I see so many people whose economies are based on them just looking hot on Instagram. And every day they can basically just change bikinis and take a new picture. And Fair enough. But once they aren't beautiful anymore, like what experience have they built at life? I don't know. To fall back on. I don't really care. All I know is like they found a thing and they do it every day. I just like when people like find a thing that works and they just lean into it. Yeah, but like it has to be sustainable at the same time. Sure, like, but you But I wonder of... how much uh making it sustainable is just clearing the your tray from everything else, you know. That's where I'm at uh, metaphysically, you know. So you know how like during the pandemic a lot of our favorite comedians on their podcasts and stuff just kind of started losing their edge because they weren't, like, out interacting with other people. Yeah. They were just, like, living in their privilege bubble. Like, I kind of feel like craving that time to make art is what makes your art more potent. Like, mm. when you're kind of trudging through the other parts of life a little bit, like, you need you need a little bit of suffering to have something to express. Like, it's just part of the human condition. Yeah. No, I think that's... That's the uh, modality I've been operating under. And know. obviously, like, suffering should be minimized, but it can't be completely eliminated. Well, I remember Pearl Jam, when they were going to record Versus, which is their second album after the very f popular 10 album, they were in this fancy studio, and they were like, I can't make rock and roll in here. Yeah. You need some grit and edge and angst and you know, to, to make the art. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and also the other part of that is like if you don't have the suffering in that part of your life and like all the joy in the music part of your life, you'll start creating the suffering that you're used to like in your safe space mm. of like having a – that's what – I mean that's what I did when I tried to be a professional artist. Like mm. all of a sudden it became – the same irritation that I had with any other job because mm. you're just like working for a paycheck, which is not like you don't get paid to make music. But Okay. And I hear what you're saying, yeah. but I still think like you're still in the trenches of one thing. That's true. Whereas I've always felt so divided in my life um, where I, I don't think I'm fully committing to either thing. And that's my existential crisis. I just think you have such a multitasking brain that, like, you would create problems that didn't need to be there if you weren't solving problems that didn't belong to you. Yeah. Like, you can detach from the problems because yeah. they're not, like, part of your art. Yeah. Maybe. That's a good point. I like that. But, like, the older you get, the more you're going to be able to, like, stop working as many hours and <laughs> interest will accrue. I guess. It's never happened. But... I like that idea. You're that's painting the, a beautiful that's picture. Plan, right? <laughs> that's the plan, right? <laughs> yeah, I would like to be an artist. I just don't see how that's financially feasible. Well, you're making it happen. You're because living because I'm in... working two lives. Yeah, yeah, it's... and it's amazing that you have the energy to do that. But yeah. humans are so adaptable, as I've found, because I am extremely lazy, and I've been doing twelve-hour <laughs> days with I two bicker meal classes. You're either a day. like the laziest piece of shit ever, or the most productive, <laughs> amazing creature of God ever created, and no in between. Yeah, I know. It's like I don't really know who's gonna wake up that day. Are you gonna be in bed all day? Are you gonna be grinding all day like I, like you know a navy seal there's it's, only so many grind days in me before i need a bed and day all day in bed day yeah i just your schedule this month has been so wild i've never been this tired in my life i'm tired like, just I'm, thinking about I'm, your schedule i looked at your <laughs> schedule and i was like i need a nap man i know i don't even nap 
Yeah, not I'm not a huge fan of naps, but I definitely took a nap yesterday. Um, what other podcast are we listening to? Okay, I'll tell you another Monday morning podcast is We Might Be Drunk with Sam Marill and Mark Norman. These so guys good. are fucking classic New York. They're so, the new David Tell and and uh and Colin Quinn. I mean, really like oh, they're the cool... new generation of New York comic. Yeah. I'll agree with and that. And Joe List, you throw those three. I mean, to me, they're like the holy trinity of of today's New York comics. Joe List is so easy to like wrap around with. So is Mark Normand. Like they're just so easy to converse with. Every time they're on a podcast with like a group of I wish people, those two they're my podcast, favorite part. Yeah, I wish those two podcasts would just come together. It was just <laughs> the three of them. <laughs> that would uh, be so good. Tuesdays with stories, and we might be drunk because Tuesdays with stories is Mark and and Joe and drunk uh, with stories. Yeah, drunk with stories. <laughs> 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 yeah, that'd be great. That'd be perfect. And honestly, the drunk theme song needs to go. Well, they they have a new one. Oh, do they? Yeah, but Thank it's still, goodness, it's still, not it's still very bad. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's not the we might be drunk. It sounds like a sublime now cover. Now it's like a uh, now it's like a jazzy like loungy thing. It's mm. it's very contrived. Sorry. Yeah, it's not very good. Doesn't it doesn't seem <clears throat> as annoying though as the the jingle. I'm so glad Bridget's back with dumpster fire. Yeah, so Mondays are, Mondays are a little top loaded because you know that's also the day that uh, I usually catch up on Bill Maher, who, who's a weekend guy. All those Sundays are my favorite day for Bill Maher and, and real time. Um, who that guy? As far as center left uh, t- pundits. He's great. He's been very consistent his whole life. Uh, I love Bill. Even though I don't I don't know if I'd want to hang out with him. I don't like him as a person necessarily, but I, I like his show and I like He uh, seems like he'd angle. be a little off-putting. Yeah, he's a little... Didn't a little, he get mad at Kyle Dunnigan? I don't know. Yeah, because Kyle... Because like, he did the impersonation. Well, no, he uh, Kyle uh, was dating... Who was it? Like Sarah Silverman or something. And... Uh, Bill is friends with Sarah and invited her to like a New Year's party in Hawaii where he was playing and uh Kyle just came along as the boyfriend and he was not happy about that so he's like hated him ever since. That's terrible. Yeah. So then the Bill impersonation came so, after yeah. the initial irritation. Okay. Okay, so it's paypal. like a revenge. Okay, paypal. <laughs> a revenge uh, impersonation. Yeah. Okay, paypal. <laughs> uh so anyway, yeah, he so started accurate. doing the Bill Maher, and uh, he won't even entertain the idea. Bill will not entertain the idea that someone's making fun of him named Kyle. How very dare you. How very dare you. Uh, so yeah, that's another great, uh, that's my Sunday schedule is usually like Bill Maher, and uh, I'll catch up on Tim Dillon, the Tim oh, Dillon show. which love drops the church of Tim Dillon. At night in, on Saturday, so yeah. sometimes I'll like kind of in a drunken haze catch it on a Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, me too. But then the Sunday morning is like, I'll revisit. And you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember this and this is where I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim Dillon shows hit or miss. It's not yeah. always good. I mean, sometimes it's a real waste of time. Uh, but sometimes it's brilliant. I never feel like I've wasted my time, but sometimes I laugh a lot and sometimes I, I'm like, that was entertaining. I definitely feel like I've wasted my time with that guy a lot. Uh him and his producer Ben like most of them are just him ranting to Ben who loves him and thinks he's so funny all the time yeah every day which is Tim's favorite thing about yeah, him yeah Ben's <laughs> favorite guy is Tim Dillon and Tim loves that 
but he's been having more guests on recently. You know, yeah, like Justin Kirsten, that acid story guy. Yeah, who didn't tell any kind of acid story that I heard. The guy was exhausted. Did it take like two hours for him to get to the point? It was two and a half hours long, and it was it, I never got any points. He never told the acid story. I got zero <laughs> points. Like he had all this intellectual shit to, to spew out, but I really didn't see what his point was. Oh my goodness. Um, who Which is probably why Tim titled the whole episode The Acid Story Because you're waiting for it the whole time well, and it like, never yeah, comes. He, he, t- he touches on the acid story And maybe the acid story was only five minutes long Or something But you're like I thought this whole <laughs> thing was two hours. The fact that it was titled Acid Story You expected it to be more like Ari's show Like this uh, isn't happening Oh that's cool I had no idea that was going on, and I just found it one day and listened to, like, as many as were on YouTube. They're all amazing. They're great. So good. Yeah. Drug stories. I forget. Mostly, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100% drug stories. Which is, there needs to be a show about people freaking out on drugs. Yeah, one of them that Ari did where he, like, ate mushrooms with someone and they went to the movies. And the someone that he went with, like, also came up and told his side of the story. So they were doing, like, a tandem two perspectives of one mushroom trip on yeah. one day and they had like sep- like together adventures and separate adventures and then came back again and <laughs> yeah. came back again at the end it was so fun I, I uh, took a buddy to uh, in high school to that when they re- redid all the Star Wars movies they re-put out Return of the Jedi which I don't know if you remember but it's like two robots walk up to a wall and a robot talks to the robots in robot language and then it opens up and then some aliens show up and no one's speaking English. No. It's all goofy. The start of that movie is so long and silent because they just walk in the sand for like so long yeah, before they even get to the door. Yeah, and there's a bunch of like weird language uh, mm-hmm. once they start seeing people. Anyway, my buddy decided to eat a bunch of mushrooms, <laughs> like a bunch. And uh, he'd seen the movie a zillion times and knew <laughs> this movie. <laughs> But uh, I just got these kind of, like, uh, panicky vibes. And I look over, and he's, like, sweating it. And they're like, (laughs) and he's like, nope. And I just see him say, nope. And he gets up, and he walks out of the theater. And he sat in his car the whole time. It's amazing. You didn't go after him? It was like, after that final alien, it was like, he was like, nope, I should not be here. <laughs> I've made a horrible decision. I got to get out of here. It's amazing. Executive dysfunction. Yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, what other podcasts you listen to? What about love. Lex? How about Lex's podcast? He's getting love some great, Lex. great guests so many amazing conversations like it's my favorite going to bed podcast but i'll go through phases like i kind of get bored with it because he is very monotone monotone and slow speak slow oh so slow yeah and honestly like i'm so prepared to hate what's about to come out of his mouth when you can tell that he's like prepared something or like wants to read a poem like every fiber of (laughs) i hate the poems i know i'm like I, I, like, prepare myself to hate it, like, before I even listen to it. And that's yeah. when I know I need to take a break from watching Lex Friedman. Because then I appreciate him again for, like, five episodes. But the people that he brings on are having conversations that I've never even thought about thinking about. Right. Like, the space stuff and the AI stuff and the cultural stuff even. Um, it's crazy. He's so smart. On Bad Friends Today... Um, 
Another podcast you're listening to. Another another with, one. With Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee. And Bobby Lee, yeah. And then now they've been bringing that juicy girl on who was on again today. Jetsky. She's so cute. She's juicy so funny. Jetsky. Juicy Jetski. Um, she is amazing. And they also have a guy our new, called our Doc. Our new singer in Dead Eye, the female vocalist, reminds me of Jetski a little bit. Now she's juicy. She's, she's, she's. <laughs> well, there's only one juicy, but she's got that same spirit. <laughs> Anyways, he was saying to Bobby, um, the this other guy they bring on called Doc, he was saying to Bobby, he's like, everyone's equally intelligent. Like, these people have just dedicated the time to, like, educate themselves on one specific thing. And he's like, so you, Bobby's like, so you think that I'm as smart as Lex Friedman? And he's like, yeah. And he's like. No, I'm not. And Andrew Santino's like having a heart attack. Yeah. He's like, Red "There's card. this is not, this is not accurate science." And he's like, "Yeah, everyone has equal potential." And it's like, "No, no, we don't." Stephen Hawking is not Bobby Lee. Like, that's not an accurate comparison. No. Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird with these podcasts. Yeah, when you think about the uh, intellectual level, right? Lex Friedman is a genius. Yeah, he's like super genius. Or like Sean Carroll, the Mindscape podcast is so. Or you know. I don't listen to a lot of that. I mean, it's I don't because it's he's too intelligent. Yeah, it's just wild. I mean, I I'm feel a like G- I can't I'm even follow this. I'm a JRE this. guy. <laughs> I need a meathead to explain the world to me, please. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing with Joe that I love is like he's he gets to be just like the the student. He's so well informed, and he's good at but retaining he's information. He's really good at just asking questions and yeah. being taught, and we get to live through him. Yeah, you know, we get to ask these questions through him. That's why I love about the Rogan podcast. It has nothing to do with Rogan except for the fact that he is a he's, a medium that yeah. channels all this intelligent shit. So I was he's hoping good we at could, picking guests. I was hoping we could go through some of the recent JREs. Um. And see if there was any standouts. Here's our buddy uh, Neil Brennan. It was great. To, Chris DeStefano's first uh, JRE. That was exciting. So good. It was funny watching Chrissy, uh, you know, kind of using some of his material, like in some of his comedy bits. And, you know, he was weaving those in because he knew Rogan had never heard his comedy. Yeah. And so I he was, was like, like, I can <laughs> recycle some of these bits into like podcast material. <laughs> I was texting you all surprised about that story about his dad. I'm like, this story is wild. He just like walked into the school and like punched the priest to like get his kid un- unexpelled from school. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah, everyone's heard that story. And then like a week later, I was in my car listening to like a comedy station and I heard him telling that story. Yeah. It's like, yeah, him and his dad. That's one of his main stories. You know. It's a wild story. Like it's fair a great enough. story. It's kind of like uh, Burt Kreischer's The Machine story. It's yeah. a, it's an epic story. Yeah, it is epic. It's funny. It's like a cornerstone of his whole comedy career. Yeah, that nine eleven story. Uh, so it was great to see That's Chrissy so Chaos uh, on Rogan, and then Neil Neil Brennan always a good guest on. Rogan always talking about ayahuasca and and uh, he's, he's all about ayahuasca. Yeah, he is. Something finally made him feel happy. So deep. And then uh, next week was Lex Friedman, who we love, and love that, Lex. that was probably his like eighth Rogan or sixth Rogan. At least I love that he moved to Austin. Ali Sadiq, that guy's hilarious. Fahim Anwar, this guy just put out a special. He's really intelligent and funny, like a comedy store guy. 
I'm not sure if I listened to that one, but I've definitely heard it stand up. Kristen Beck was on the show. Uh, what is this? 1827. Hmm. And uh, trans uh, oh, Navy right. SEAL. Very right. cool. That was a wild story. I mean, you don't think there's many trans Navy SEALs out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people always criticize Joe for being like some right wing douchebag. And he has more trans people on his show. I mean, he's done more of a trans people than, you know, by having these dudes on his platform. Sorry. These <laughs> Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> by having these ladies on his podcast, I mean, he's being uh, super inclusive. You know, people always talk about him platforming Alex Jones and shit. It's like, yeah, well, he also platforms trans people. He, they're all, like, as long as you're entertaining and have good stories to tell, like, Joe is happy to sit down and exactly. talk with you. He's not a hateful guy. No. I hate that shit. This guy was great. Michio Kaku. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I forget what show he used to be on that was like a science show series. A, t- a Terror in the Sky? So That's a documentary he did. Mm, no, it was like before that. It was like on the History Channel or Discovery Channel or something. Yeah, he's a, he's pretty famous. Like the co- Maybe it was when they read it, The Cosmos. Carl Sagan's The Cosmos. With Neil deGrasse Tyson instead. <laughs> Megan Murphy, who's like, got kicked off Twitter for saying women aren't men. Hilarious. She is. She's just always drunk and singing karaoke in Mexico. She's hilarious. <laughs> what a winning combination. Yeah, she's like just a fiery white chick who's got so much shit to say. It's like hates the whole trip. It sounds like a good time. Uh, yeah, this brother loves guns. Uh, Colion Noir. Uh, Was that the the black Republican guy? Yeah, he seems like a Republican. Uh, but he loves guns. Yeah, I remember Tim that Kennedy one. also loves guns. This is a very gunny uh, week. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Ari Shafir, Shane Gillis, and Mark Norman. The what is it they call Protect that? Our Parks. Protect Our Parks. It's so funny. Yeah, it's such a weird group of people. Super uh, group. I mean, but it's so it's funny because like I would think of a super group in the in the Rogan world as Ari. Tom and Bert. Tom and Bert are just kind of off on their own channel, though. I feel like the Austin to L.A. split is definitely a thing. So here's Shane and Mark, who are New York guys. And Ari, these are all New York guys. But they're, Ari. like, more willing to come to Texas, I think. Okay. Because, honestly, Ari does a lot of work here. Like, he did his festival this year in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, was it Shroomfest? No, there's some other thing that he does. Uh, Skankfest. Skankfest, yeah. thank you. Which yeah, that was workers. in Houston. Yeah, that's right. But I think it's the only time they've done that here. But he does come to Houston often. I mean, these guys work Texas because there's millions of people here. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. But yeah, they've done like three or four of these. The last one, uh, Ari Shafir tried to keep up with Shane Gillis's Bud Light consumption <laughs> and ended up passing out <laughs> underneath the table and puking into a, a, a cooler. He throws up by the end. Yeah, I'm. I don't think I ever made it to the end it's of that so one. It's so long and drunk and silly, but uh, oh, you know, no. at the end he's puking into a cooler. Oh, I definitely didn't make it to that part. Yeah, it's uh, disgusting. Uh, that was the one where he was like super quiet for most of it, right? <laughs> well, at the end he started getting. Yeah, he's just so wasted <laughs> he couldn't speak. Uh, the Mike Judge uh, episode is great. Uh, oh, I still listen to that one. Because Rogan wait. finally watched uh, Idiocracy and was just so excited to talk about uh, that movie with Mike. And uh, there's some cool stories about Idiocracy. But Joe used to have a uh, 
a bit about the stone builders or like the masons or uh, the like uh, Freemason masons. No, I think it was about the pyramid builders. Like yeah, the the pharaohs mm. on the top and then all the stone, all these idiot kind of just grunts that would out reproduce the smart people, and so eventually, like just dumb people rule. Yeah. And that's kind of idiocracy. So yeah. I, I don't think it they was ever, so in line with his philosophy. Yeah, he was already kind of thinking about <laughs> that movie without ever seeing the movie. And, I've uh, tried to watch it a couple of times, and I can't get past like when he starts like drinking Gatorade out of a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, electrolytes. Yeah, electrolytes. <laughs> Plants thrive on it. Uh, but it seems to be an amazing movie, and I need to watch it at yeah, some point. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. I can't it. believe you haven't seen I Heart Huckabees. That's I an haven't. amazing movie. Uh, Gina Carano, she was kicked off of, uh, this is uh, Rogan 1837, she was kicked off of, uh, she's like a right-wing chick who was kicked off of Mandalorian. Oh. Yeah. She was pretty cool. A lot of a lot of MMAs. I you have to listen to the episode. I okay. don't know. She said Fair something. Enough. She said something like women aren't men or something. Oh, that's how, the same. Uh, but that's a different gal. That's not Megan Murphy. But Brian Simpson is a very funny comic. Uh, Duncan Trussell is one of the legends. Duncan Trussells are my favorite. Yeah, he's he and Red Banner are like OGs. Uh, Tom, I think Tom Segura is also an OG. I really wanted to love Duncan's like solo podcast after loving him on Rogan so much, and I really don't. And yeah, I don't know why. Either. And the Midnight Gospel, what a masterpiece! Yeah, so cool. Yeah, especially but the his, one with his mom. Oh, I so I was crying. I yeah, I cried too. Uh, I don't remember this Mark Anderson guy, Brian Redband. <laughs> it's hilarious. They this guy like kind of got. Rogan off his feet. I mean, he got this whole podcast thing going. Like he was, he was like the Kalila to Bobby Lee. He's, he's like such a crucial uh, building block of the JRE Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun when they sit down. I feel like when they sit down together, it's like Rogan just ranting and them going through like tech innovations and uh, imagine like Rogan says, imagine a lot. <laughs> like if you did a drinking game where you took a shot every time Joe says imagine with the Red Band episodes, you'd be so wasted by the end. You might need an uh, ambulance. Andrew Huberman is like uh, one of these longevity guys. Like oh, Peter. he's so cool. Yeah. He did one with, um, with Whitney Cummings once, I think, too. Mm-hmm. That was honestly one of my favorite. It was like kind of near the end of, of lockdown. Her uh, podcast is great. I mean, that's it, one of the, I think uh, Whitney Cummings, uh, Good For You podcast is one of the slickest looking podcasts. It became part of my staple during COVID. Before that, I wasn't so into Whitney, but I had space for her but in my life. But she's so amazing. I mean, she she's is. such a powerful lady. I mean, I'm really impressed by her intelligence, her preparation, her professionalism, her funniness, like her off the cuff. She's just kind entertainment of entertainment value. Yeah. Yeah, she is a lot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got to be like that to, to succeed as a woman in Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be good at everything. Which she is. And she does it diligently and responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. And she keeps getting like in better shape. She looks amazing. Like she's in the best shape ever. I kind of believe her that she's like drinking baby blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back. Oh, Paul <laughs> Verzi got his first Rogan, and he crushed it. 
Talk about a dad that you just want to like. I mean, this seems like one of those dads you just want to hang. Like, if you're a dad that it has some money and you like watching uh, football and collecting sneakers, like this is your collecting best friend. Sneakers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Paul is like he had a great special too. I really love Paul's special, uh, and he has a podcast called The Verzi uh, Effect. I like the dad with the kids named like Bugsy and Muggsy and Oh, the yeah, Mike Baker, is that his name? I mean, I don't actually love the actual guy, oh. but the kids' names are hilarious. Yeah, it's all Sluggo Slug- and Whammo and Bama. Sluggo. Yeah. <laughs> Muggsy. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that guy has the best like intel. I feel like he has the best like uh deep state military intel like behind the scenes. He's very convincing. I just always, in the back of my mind, I'm like, really? Yeah. Well, you can't trust With CIA a kid people. named Muggsy? <laughs> <laughs> Can I really believe anything else you say? Uh, Tom Segura finally came back, and it was so cool because Rogan was like, dude, you're the hardest working man in comedy. Yeah. This pod was like Rogan really respecting Tom's hustle. I love that Tom does um, in Spanish shows now. He's been doing it for so cool. six, seven years. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's a, it's a cool thing. Uh, MMA show. I can't remember Zachary uh, Levi. Andrew Schultz uh, just put out a special, which was kind of funny. Um, Theo, which uh, he like. Theo. Made, he made it for like Netflix and bought it back or something. It's kind of interesting. You love flagrant. You watch Andrew Schultz's podcast all the time, right? Mm-hmm. With Akash. Mm-hmm. See, this is the thing. <clears throat> this is the thing I, I'm not crazy about. First of all, I don't find these two, Akash and Andrew, that funny. But uh, there's two other dolts on there that just it's too many mouths. It's like, especially now that they've set up It better be protect sofas. our parks if you have four mics. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's a lot. It is or a lot like of conversation. Howard Stern. Yeah. But I think part of their thought process is they've like managed to put together a crew that's like so culturally diverse. And they're like, let's just have everyone's voices equal in here because they talk about like cultural issues where it's relevant. Um, so they like weigh in from each person. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Well, the, yeah, that's that's a good point. But they're not all interesting like Andrew. They're no. They're not good storytellers. Yeah. Andrew and, and Akash are clearly the, the, the comedy uh, spark in that And show. they have like a kind of Tom and Bert level of rapport where like it's easy to listen to them have a conversation yeah. and like rib at each other yeah. and like uh, every now and then. The ones that I'll always tune into are the ones that start with like an Andrew Schultz rant and he'll mm. just kind of like freestyle roast whatever the popular topic of the day is, mm-hmm. they're never not hilarious. Well, it reminds me of his show that, you know, during the pandemic, he had that Netflix special er, uh, series that was kind of current events. You remember the Andrew Schultz show or whatever it was? No, I don't think I was really paying attention to Andrew Schultz yet. No he way. He was like a later COVID edition for me. Anyway, he was I one of the guys who owned the pandemic. I mean, he was like putting out i have refused to believe i didn't share like all those with you um but anyway he would be like turn your phone sideways like when you're watching this yeah yeah you remember that do this right no i I don't don't remember turn your phone sideways i consumed so much content during covid but i feel like i would remember that that is crazy yeah oh my god that is crazy because honestly i'm a huge fan i know you watch so much flagrant you didn't watch the things that made them put them on the map no i started paying attention to them when they were like in miami in Miami, yeah, <laughs> which was like in there jumping the shark, yeah, 
like trying new things. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Andrew Schultz. Yeah, watch a special. It's kind of funny. It's kind uh, of funny. Theo Vaughn is such a weirdo. I don't know if I like this guy. I, I love Theo. I kind of like him. Sometimes he's very funny. His free association he's like with accidentally English funny. <laughs> I don't think... I, I see what you mean, but it's like not an accident at the same time. Like, it's so practiced. It seems accidental. Like, just his off-the-wall takes on things, you know? <laughs> this guy, Rich... I, first of all, oh, yeah, these guys. Francis Foster and Constantine... What does that say? Kissin? Kaisen? Anyway, they're two British podcasters that are all about, like... The new uh, edgy humor, you know, like mm-hmm. the trans, uh, you know, the new wildness with uh, thought uh, where, you know, men can be pregnant. You know, they're like all they wrapped up in that world. I only listened to the start of that one so far, but These it was really interesting. Yeah. They're great. And they love Rogan. And they, they, they're really like we would move to Texas in a heartbeat. We love this place. Uh, but just talking about how in. One thing that stood out in this podcast, uh, 1848, uh, JRE, is that they said Americans like support each other in their successes, whereas uh, Londoners will tear you down. It's competitive. It's, it's very like competitive. Kind like, of competitive. Anyone who stands out or uh, excels will get shot down by his peers, whereas in America we celebrate the success more. Yeah, politeness in general is just kind of frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, Rich Benoit is hilarious. He, um, uh, this is 1849, uh, Jerry. He uh, fixes up uh, Tesla's. I missed that one. Yeah, he makes, he, he has a whole YouTube channel where he fixes old Tesla's. It was just crazy because, like, Tesla's not okay with it. So he oh. has to, like, source parts from, like, all over, like, you know other tesla nuts he's like a mad scientist in yeah an 80s cartoon. and they're like they barely acknowledge his existence and they hate it <laughs> they're like there. i can't see you whitney cummings is promoting her new special jokes which i thought was great great was special mm-hmm. uh very physical like it was her most physical comedy it was choreographed from start to finish yeah like she really did so much physical comedy it was yeah, amazing the amount of work that went into that i can't imagine yeah and they're all, there's no fat on that set no. at all. It's just bang, 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 jokes, jokes. She's it, such a beast. Yeah, she's so powerful. And that's like her fifth special. It's crazy. Uh, what's next? Chris Williamson, uh, 1851, Modern Wisdom. Uh, I don't. Oh, yeah, this guy was a Brit. Very cool. Uh, great listener. Uh, he's been very famous, and now he's like. He's kind of like one of those Aubrey Marcus guys who's like this hottie who's shredded and he's famous and he's got the hottest girlfriends and he's like, but he's spiritual and, you know, he's he's really down to earth somehow and it just pisses you off that men like this exist. Like, yeah. how dare you be so yeah. hot and spiritual and you shredded and everything? Like, I, yeah, exactly. Some of these dudes just have it all. You have discipline or, like, natural good looks. Like, you can't have yeah, both. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> God, these guys drive me crazy. <laughs> Sam Tripoli was all uh, 1852 with all conspiracy theories, pretty much, and comedy. It was amazing. 
this was like a four hour plus podcast. I do love conspiracy theories. Uh, yeah, I feel like I watched that one. Maybe the conspiracy theories are really the to me like uh, one of my favorite little threads. It's like ancient civilizations, aliens, conspiracy theories. Like this is my favorite shit comedy. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite shit about the Joe Rogan experience. It's not Joe Rogan. It's like all the things that are brought up in his. You know, he's got so many interests. And besides from the fighting, I find most of it very interesting. Yeah, I I skip over the MMA shows. Yeah, the hunting and the and the fighting is not that interesting. But uh, flagrant does some. I MMA am interested shows too. in uh, the idea of killing what you eat. That's very cool. It's the only sustainable way to eat. Yeah, and it's impressive, and uh, it's just not that great podcast material. I think that's fair. But anyway, Sam Tripoli is fucking hilarious L.A. comic, and he's so amazing. Like, I just love this guy. I'd heard his name before, and I knew he was good, but this was a great podcast. And then the last one was Jeremy Corbell, who keeps dragging the, uh, you know, David Fravers and and Bob Lazars into the shows, which are the closest thing to UFOs we have. Like, I mean, really, like... Joe is on the edge of the UFO uh, experience, which is super And I love that he's kind of talked himself out of it a little bit. He's like, the more questions I ask, like, the more skeptical I am. Yeah. But he hasn't given up. His skepticism is another thing I love about Rogan. It's like, even though he's enthusiastic and he wants to believe on such a deep level. Yeah. He just He needs that evidence. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a perfect, just this last month perfect example of how rogan is just killing it with these podcasts like just the most important guests that i want to hear are on this podcast i know i'm normally so caught up with rogan's you can tell how busy i've been i'm like I you've been seen too like busy half i know i'm catching up <laughs> i'm gonna tell you some of the other podcasts i've been yeah. listening to um your mom's house is okay yeah too many tiktok videos and yeah too much wasted time and too much uh husband wife drama uh, I've been listening to 36 from the Vault, which is all about dicks pics. You've told me about this one. Yeah, it sounds very cool. It's two Midwesterners discussing the dicks pics series, and every now and then they do what they call a curveball episode where they talk about fish or Radiohead or John Mayer or whatever. Amazing. And uh, they're just two good music critics that have a lot to say about the dead, which I, I love. Mark Norman has his own podcast, which I didn't know. Like, I've always associated him with uh, either Sam or Joe. List, and uh, it's called All Over the Road. Which he definitely has to be. Yeah, and he's in a new city every night. And it's funny just hearing him kind of talk about each city. That's really cool. He'll just walk down the city street recording a podcast. That's like David Byrne put out a book called Bicycle Diaries. So like yeah. Everywhere he'd go, he'd just kind of ride his bike around and write about it. It is like that. Yeah, he's just bumping around, you know. Um, and then, of course, Bill Burr does a Thursday afternoon podcast too. So after that's, Monday morning, well, it's a, it's the dumbest title I've ever heard in my life. He it's calls so it extra. The, yeah, it's like welcome to the Thursday just before Friday or the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast. That's what he calls it. It's yeah. the dumbest shit I've ever heard it in my life. It makes no sense. I hate it. <laughs> He's uh, so committed. Yeah. And then, um, so those are on Thursday. They're half as long. And I'm just checking in on you. <laughs> but it's good to hear Bill, you know, throughout the week. I, I 
this guy is just like one of these dudes that is just in my head. <laughs> He's just he, he kicked off his shoes and he pulled up an ottoman and he just made himself at home right <laughs> in my brain he'll always be there i love his comedy i've seen so many of his shows and he's just so funny it's one of your processing centers now yeah i'm trying to think of some other uh podcasts that i listen to you know what the fuck with uh mark maron's always great that's one of the ogs yeah a guest it's a guest dependent show it is a guest dependent show yeah it's like he's so neurotic and annoying but at the same time you love him uh, you watch that show, uh, Trash Tuesdays with Annie Letterman, Esther Pavisky, and Kalila Kuhn. I am watching it less and less, but there's so few girl podcasts. Uh, well, guys, we Fetacy. fuck. That's a big one. I. I actually don't know if I have watched that. I was going to say I've tried You're it. love that. I've Those tried it and hilarious. I didn't like it. I Chris think what I've seen Christina is like Hutch. Instagram clips. I think mm-hmm. I followed them on Instagram. I mean, they're uh, like two of the original. Yeah, they're and so Red funny. Scare, there's Red Scare. Uh, there's some female podcasts. But they have tons of attitude and like they're they're just like a whole world you gotta get yeah, into. Yeah, I'm going to have to migrate because the attitude's kind of left. It's a lot the of attitude. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of it. Oh, the Grateful Dead cast is great. That's the official Grateful Dead podcast. It's amazing. Uh, and yeah, Tuesdays are uh, Tuesdays with stories with Joe List and and Mark Norman. Um, what's another podcast that we listen to? I feel like we're missing one. Definitely. Yanni. Yanni, yeah, that's right. There it is. Yeah, Long Days on Saturdays with Giannis Papas. Giannis Papas. Yeah, that guy's great. And now we have another new Greek that's been around the circuits. He oh, doesn't yeah. have his own podcast, Stavi, yeah. but Stavi Baby. Stavi Baby, yeah. Stavros is... Uh, Coming to a sofa near you in I short mean, shorts and a wife beater. Yeah, can you believe that guy? <laughs> he does not He's care. outrageous. He just gets immediately comfortable, man spreading. Yeah, like, like wearing boxers and a white beater. Shorts. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> spread out. Not at all in shape. Laying down. Yeah, just the <laughs> fattest guy. So confident it's in amazing. his body. He's so funny. And he's like the crowd work genius. Yeah, crowd work is so acceptable from him. For Manny Lederman, no. 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 Stop. Done. I appreciated that. Um, would we just watch Rosebud, Rosebud Baker? Oh yeah, Rosebud Baker. Yeah. Her specials on YouTube. Check that, was that out. So funny. Whiskey Fist. Whiskey Fist. Yeah. Her crowd work, like she acknowledged them, but it wasn't like anything excessive. Well, but it was I, I feel so like funny. she just brought out that one guy who never smiled and was like really like leaning into him, <laughs> like you're fucked up. Like, I don't know what's going on here. He's like, fix your face or something. Yeah, like, what's what's going on here? Did you not want to come? Did someone make you come? Are you okay? Are you okay, sir? Yeah. Then fix your face. She's like, uh, I look like a babysitter. I sound like a lesbian. No, not just a babysitter from the Babysitter's Club, oh, which the is babysitter's the most Club. accurate thing. <laughs> she looks like every book cover of the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. Like if you asked an AI to draw <laughs> the Babysitters Club <laughs> as an as an aging comedian, yeah. not aging, she's probably pretty young. She seems like she's in her thirties. 
Uh, yeah, well, I feel like we've uh, covered all of our podcasts uh, and all of our current events. All caught up. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being on the podcast thank, again. Thank you for having me in your home for a whole month and yeah. making me so many dinners. Yeah, my and pleasure. And taking me to so many dinners. It's uh, nice to provide for uh, for the family, you know. Makes me feel good. I felt like I was at home. Thank you. Yeah, well... Uh, I'm sure we have uh, something coming up to look forward to. We Do we have anything? Figure something out. Oh, you're going to be working on the Buddha statue in the backyard. Oh, well, this is true. Buddha's finally getting his buns. Yeah, so his head has been unfinished up till now. He's just been uh, sitting there in lotus position with his hands in the prayer position in his lap, and then his head kind of cracked half open. He meditated so hard that it's literally just opened anything. Yeah, his head has been uh, had a. Had a kind of like a david bowie-esque he has like a bart simpson flat top yeah just <laughs> lobotomy buddha so he's gonna get the back side of his head which is very exciting yeah those little buns are very labor intensive yeah. so i need to make sure they were the exact right size first and you're gonna get his head all stuck together so it's one head yeah i've been really running through my brain on how to do that i think there's gonna be straps involved we'll see ah We'll see. I got some belts we can use. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll belt it together. Gorilla art. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, thank you. Peace. Fall in love with your neighbor's daughter. Fall in love.